three grown men who care way more than they should. Glenn Clark. Glenn, no way. I'm sorry, Aaron. Did Alicia Fox call you the man beast? AJ Francis. And of course, everyone boos Roman Reigns, even though he puts on the best match of the night. Aaron Oster. Guys, look, there was that one time. You know, <laughs> oh, geez, Aaron. You're the worst. You are the worst. This is jobbing out. And welcome in. It is episode number, I think, 135. One, who the hell knows what episode number it is, but we'll go with 135 of Jobbing Out. I'm Glenn. Uh, Aaron will join us in a little bit, but he is... The main event. 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 Of course, AJ Francis of the Washington Redskins. And everybody's schedules are all screwed up this week. It's a disaster because AJ is literally doing the show as he's preparing to play a football game tonight. Correct. Only yeah. like only like one of the oldest rivalries in all of football. Yeah, I'm literally in my hotel room right now talking to a nerd about wrestling. Oh, yeah. I'm the nerd. It's not you. And, and in about seven hours, i got to go play the Dallas Cowboys <laughs> on national TV. So you, think anybody's, cool. you think anybody's ever done this before? You think there's ever been a human being who no. said... Yeah, right. <laughs> I really don't. Yeah. I really don't think there's ever been a person on Earth that has ever recorded their wrestling podcast before they play in a pro football game. <laughs> I think you're breaking ground here, dude. I think you've made history this day. Revolutionary. Yeah, right? Uh, first of all, and, and not because I, I, I hate giving you credit for anything, but uh, I we obviously have to talk about it. Um, congratulations on, uh, on, on an amazing food drive over the course of the yeah, last week, which you managed to, to, to put together despite the fact that like you were also playing football at the same time, which is truly incredible. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was really cool, man. We got to, we raised thousands of dollars worth of cans and, um, and like hundreds of dollars of like, cash donations and most cash donations were like two, three bucks. So like that shows you the kind of, you know, um, impact we were able to have and um the families at sarah's house uh they couldn't have been more grateful man it was just it was just a blessing to be able to do it all and then uh to go out and then play a game on thanksgiving was even doper it's incredible man uh you uh you playing on thanksgiving for the washington redskins i imagine there's like a party i saw that the tweet that you sent out last thursday were like holy crap this is real right yeah it was cool man it was it, w- it was different because it was it was like I didn't get a Thanksgiving for real. Like I literally did not have Thanksgiving. Um, I didn't even get turkey because well, we sucks. were just that in sucks. the hotel all day. Yeah, but it was still awesome Thanksgiving, <laughs> right? And you got to uh, to make a huge play, obviously, in the course of yeah. uh, a big win for the Skins. So that's awesome, man. That's awesome. What a cool, cool thing. Uh, happy for you. Now, uh, now we need to talk about wrestling, and I'm sick of talking about you. So that's what <laughs> we're gonna do. Uh, Aaron will join us a little bit later on in the show. We're going to talk later on in the show about... Uh, so this is going to be your favorite show ever because it starts with no Aaron. Oh, my God. It's the greatest... First of all, let's let's just have this conversation because he'll never hear this because there's no chance he yeah, ever listens to this. He's not going to listen to this. This is how the podcast should be. Right. Correct. I mean, like, let's just let's just tell the truth. <laughs> I, 
I love Aaron. You know, he's a friend, the whole deal. But, like, the, really, what does he actually add to the show when you think The about only it? thing he adds to the show is sometimes he gets cool guests because of Rolling Stone, but that's rare. That's and true. Every now and then he'll book a D's. Like, he booked Goldberg, right? Like, I got to give him props. Know, he booked Goldberg this year. Yeah, exactly. Which I'm pretty sure was only because he pretended to be Jewish in order to get him. Like, I'm pretty yeah. sure that's the only reason why he's able to get Goldberg. But outside of that, I mean, like, from a week-to-week basis, I don't think he really offers anything. Which is no different than Aaron any other time. Let's just be fair. That's yeah. not. It's he's just as good on the show as he is any other time. I had to beat Aaron over the head to get him to volunteer for the food drive, and then <laughs> and then he finally did it, and he had to leave early the one day that he did it. Of course he did. Of course he did. Of course that's the way it worked. All right. Um. So Raw and SmackDown this week. Uh. I thought there was more, more happening on Raw than there was on SmackDown, and I think that it all starts. The major, you know, crux for this week is it appears as though we are finally going to get broken Matt Hardy. It appears as though, um, Impact has as acquiesced. They've relinquished uh, any rights that they believe they have to broken Matt Hardy, and we saw the first signs of Matt Hardy becoming broken Matt Hardy on Monday night. AJ, I don't know. This is the weird part about this. Like, I think it's great because everybody loved broken Matt Hardy, right? It was one of the truly revolutionary things in professional wrestling over the last five years. I I worry that unless they want to make him a focal point of the show, they almost do it in a watered-down type of way. We're like, hey, he's broken Matt, so you guys love this, right? And it's not fully what we came to love because, frankly, on, on Impact, they, they had nothing else to do. I mean, he had to be the focal point of the show. He was the show when he was over there. So I don't know that I'm, I'm overjoyed about it, but I think we all want it. I think that's very clear. Yeah, and I think it'll get over. It's just, uh, you know, you never, you never really know with wrestling fans, man. They might decide they don't like it now because – he happens to be inside of red ring ropes. Right. I don't know. Like, right. I don't, I don't, I don't know, but I, I'm excited for it. Well, yeah, sure. I'm excited for it. I think that there are limits to what they're going. No, he, he's not going to be able to do, you know, the, the absurd movie types of things that they did with the Hardys when they were on TNA. That They won't be doing that in the WWE, right? They're not going to give them an hour to go tape a special at the Hardys compound for Raw. You know what I mean? Like, they, they won't yeah. go that route. But. I think it will be interesting to see, like, would they bring in Senior Benjamin? Would they go down that road a little bit with the Hardys? I think that, that it would make sense for them to do. It clearly worked. Like, why wouldn't you try to do more with it? Where are you going from there? Is Matt Hardy elevating towards being in the championship picture? That seems unlikely, considering how crowded the championship picture is on Raw. Yeah, uh... I mean, I think he could be like I don't know how long Roman's going to hold the Intercontinental title, right? But but I think he could be like that could be a championship picture once Roman's out of it that he could be involved in. Sure, like if it's Matt Hardy and the Miz, I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, um, if it's if it's Matt Hardy, broken Matt Hardy, and uh, heel Jason Jordan. Okay. I, the other interesting they, part of that is because they have because they have backstory too, right? But is I guess my question would be: Is broken Matt Hardy going to be a face or a heel? Yeah, there's no. I don't think there's a way that you can make broken Matt Hardy a heel because you think he's it's, just too it's, over. It's yeah, it's it's like the sing along thing that we talk about. Yeah. It's like there's just going to be too many delete chants for him to be a heel for real. I probably would tend to agree with that. Um, I. 
I don't know. Like, I there's a part of me though that, that the character should be a heel. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, he, he, he's better if he can be a little evil. And I, I, but I think you're right. I think it's gonna be difficult difficult because people want it so much that how can you get this thing that you want and then boo it? You know, boo like, it. I, yeah, yeah. I don't think it's gonna work that way. I think the the other question is just what's your faith in WWE that they don't try to to make it the WWE version of Broken Matt Hardy? Like, how much? How much freedom do they do you really think they give Matt to take the character where he wants to take it, which obviously he was allowed to do when he was in TNA? I just think they, they wouldn't have signed him. Um, like they signed him because they saw what happened in TNA. Uh, they, so like I think they wouldn't have signed him and then like pushed the gimmick still began to push the gimmick now if they weren't gonna give him the reins. Um, okay. All right. I can buy into that, right? Like what you have to do it this way. You don't have a choice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like you. it worked on TNA. Imagine how good it could work when people actually. Yeah, watch. but like, don't we know that Vince like has a, a weird sort of ownership deal with that, right? Like, I that's still the weird part to me, man. And I look but if if he had that, he wouldn't be broken Matt Hardy. Like that has to be cleared by Vince too. They just wouldn't let him do it at all. You're saying? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Which is what they didn't do. And, when he get back. Okay, but remember, extreme. Vince didn't want ECW, then decided to bring it back, and then bastardized it and killed it. You know what I mean? Like, he didn't have to have an ECW. You know, he could have just easily said, we're never doing that again. That doesn't make any sense. But then he did it, and then he decided it needed to basically just be WWE. He took away anything that made it unique, uniquely ECW to the point where nobody wanted it anymore. By the time you were done with the WWE version of ECW, nobody was clamoring for ECW any longer. Maybe that's what he's trying to do, make people not care about Broken Matt Hardy ever again. <laughs> he wants to actually kill it off, right? And, and, yeah. and, and then they can go back to Team Extreme and everybody will be like, this is the Matt Hardy you like. <laughs> it's the one we wanted all along. What were we talking about? This is the better Matt Hardy. I hear you. I hear you. Um, let's talk about some of the other things that happened this week. Um, you mentioned Roman, who for the first time came out by himself. Yep. Sands the shield and yet still was able to, for the most part, have a very positive crowd reaction, including yep. the 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 really kind of cool moment where everybody was chanting "You deserve it" for a little while. Yeah. Um, I thought that was a big test. I think that it clearly happened earlier than they wanted it to because the only reason it happened was because Dean Ambrose wasn't there. Um, I thought that was a big test for how well the Roman Reigns thing Why was working. Why wasn't Dean Ambrose there? I don't know. I think they what they they said it was related to um, uh, something with Renee, didn't they on the on the broadcast? Uh, didn't they I say have it was, no idea. Um, but but I guess it, it's. I think that's a huge moment for them and what they're trying to accomplish. That they had to pull the trigger on sending him out by himself so early, and it worked. Yeah, and um, it's weird that him and. Elias were able to put on the best match of the night when <laughs> over the past year uh, to two years, fans have done nothing but said both of those guys can't wrestle. I, I mean, look, I'm not going to – I know what you're doing. I, you're not getting me to do this with you. I'm not going to do it. Just, just tell me am I wrong. I, the drift, I'm aware. Would, were the drift away chance not started because people said he could not work in the next I understand. I Look, first of all, I – I don't really know why there was such negativity towards Elias ever. I never understood it either. Yeah. It's the same it's the same reason why I never understood why there's so much negativity towards Roman. There are two guys that are hosses, that are fucking shredded, that look like a million bucks. Right. They both can work 
and people boo them for no reason. Well, now Elias gets booed because he's a heel. But people like Elias now. But literally, if you if you go back a year ago and listen to our show, you would hear me saying, bro, Elias can work. I don't understand why everybody hates on him. Uh, dude, not only can he work, and now I think his character is better since he made it to the Rain Man roster than it was. His character is the same person. I know, but I think they've gone further with it. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like, I think they're allowing him to be more obnoxious, more perfect. And I think in that in that way, it's been even funny. Dude, my God, I need Elias and the Miztourage to be a thing Every in my week. life forever. For fucking ever. With goddamn Poe Dallas and Curtis Axel playing, pretending to play the harmonica. Please forever <laughs> Why do would that. they the greatest Billy Billy oh my- version of the harmonic of harmonicas ever? Dude, it was incredible. It was fucking incredible. It was so good. Um, they've really captured something with Elias that's amazing. Um, I, consider this, right? Like in, in trying to protect Roman as a face, they went directly from the Miz to Elias. Think about where that is. You know what I mean? Like, consider the fact yeah. that that was the place that they turned after the Miz when they needed a strong heel. Holy shit, that's amazing. Like, that's truly amazing what they've done with Elias since he arrived at the main roster. But all that being said, I'm with you. Part of this is just the glory of Elias. He is really, really good, dude. It's really worked. And I didn't get it. I'll tell you, AJ, I didn't get it until I saw him live. Uh, when we went to that show in <sighs> Philly a few years ago at the Bowery or whatever the hell that, that like the Trocadero, I don't know what the name of the place is called. It was yeah. a, it was like a like a, a club, a, a theater, uh, maybe it was Tower Theater. And I saw it and I said, "Oh my god, I get it now!" Like I completely fucking get it. He's- I don't under- but that was the thing that I don't understand. Like people, literally, the whole drift away chance started because right. I would go to the NXT shows and people would say, "Oh, he can't work. He's just another big guy that they're trying to give too much credit." I'm like, bro, what are you guys watching, bro? No, no, no. I, look, like, I, admittedly, I was pro- – I don't know if I was ever – like, I'm, you know me. I'm not a booer. I wouldn't have been in the drift away camp. Um, but I probably would have said I don't think anything of him at that point. And it took me seeing him live to say, oh, shit, this guy's got it. Like, this this works. This is great, in fact. Um, he's so good, dude. It's crazy yeah, he how is. good he is. It's crazy how good he is. And yeah, you're right. Obviously, the two of them working together was tremendous. And I, it's another step in this process for Roman Reigns. I still think we're a little ways away from being over in front of a WrestleMania crowd, which is what they're trying to get to. You know what I mean? Like they're, yeah. they need to go from this, which is a a majority positive response in front of a Raw crowd to what they want, which is big, over-the-top response from a WrestleMania crowd, which we all know is ridiculously more snarky, is more European, it's people that travel, it's assholes. That's what the WrestleMania crowd is. I was I, waiting for you to say assholes. That's fine. You're right. They're assholes, and, and, and I, I'll own that. Um, but they, I think there's still a little bit of a step in order to get there, but I think this was a major step to take along the way to have Roman out there by himself for a moment where the crowd was overwhelmingly positive. And then follow that up with the best match of the night, like always. Yes, that is true. You're right about that. All right, fine. You got it. You got it. You happy now? You happy? You got it. Yeah, I am happy because yeah. because I need – I've been told, and I still get told to this day, that Roman can't work. So I need to put it out there every chance I get. Oh, and you do, by is, the way. You do. Un- undoubtedly. Yeah. Undoubtedly. Outside of probably Finn Balor, Shinsuke Nakamura, AJ Styles, the best worker in the business. He puts on matches with everyone, and they're all 
fantastic. I'd have to think about that, right? Like, I'd have to think about if there's anybody else. Because he had, if you name anyone, he's had a great match with him. No, Cena, I know. I done know. It. Yeah. AJ Styles, done it. Braun Strowman, done it. Seth Rollins, done it. Dean Ambrose, done it. Uh, you know what? Ray I, Wyatt, as as done a worker it. goes, you need to give more respect to Dolph Ziggler. I mean, Dolph, Dolph Ziggler is a fucking done worker. It. I know, but I'm saying, like, as far as workers Elias go. Elias Samson. Yes, correct. It. I hear you. I hear you. All right. I'm not. You're, you're arguing with the wrong dude. By the way, AJ's. Miz done a, it. Okay. AJ's gotten to the point where, you know how some people search for their own name on Twitter to see what people are saying about them? AJ yeah. does the bit where he puts in Roman's name on Twitter to go fight with uh, strangers about Roman Reigns. No, that, no. What I actually do, true story, is when. um. Whenever I see someone who, like, I on my Twitter feed is hated on Roman for years, and then they say something positive about Roman, I search their name and the word Roman, and then I show them their <laughs> tweets of them being assholes. You're a professional football player. <laughs> it's just, to me, it's like, because it's just so annoying to me that people go out of their way to just blatantly lie about, oh my like, God. oh, he watched, they'll, they'll literally watch like eight hours of wrestling a week they'll know what a good pro wrestler looks like what the matches look like they'll see 50 great matches from the same guy and then they'll be like that guy sucks I'm like come <laughs> on dude <laughs> i know how much you got paid last week to be a professional football player i know what your check was and yeah. that's what you're doing that's what you're up to, which is fucking hilarious, by the way. That's a great bit. All right, let's uh, let's run through the rest of Raw. Um, I, I thought the booking at the end was very weird. Like, I just thought that was that was odd that they did the thing where they they had you know Kane run through Jason Jordan and then for whatever reason had an unannounced match with with Finn Balor after that where he ran through him again. Um, I I get they're trying to build up Kane to look as strong as possible going into whatever match they're going to do with Braun Strowman, but I don't know, man. It just it just feels almost... No, but they have to do that, bro, because if they don't do that, no, they have to make it seem like Braun is up against it. Like, this is the only way that they can do it. Like, what other way would you could you legitimately have Kane look like a... Uh, uh, actual threat to Braun Strowman. Right, and I hear you, but like, isn't the argument that even at the end of it, you just is it still not difficult to buy? Like, is it still not difficult to buy the idea? Braun Strowman is. Braun. Yeah, exactly. That's my point. It's still difficult to buy. So imagine if they didn't do this. Yeah, I mean, I hear you. I, was it <laughs> was it necessary to do it with both Jason Jordan and Finn Balor this week? You know, you know why I think it was it it's working well. The Jason Jordan thing, I think, is just is just prolonging his heel turn. Right, like he's doing. So that that was the. But point this is not the second time you've done this but, to Finn Balor. But in, here's the, but in yeah, two but months. that's my thing is I think that Braun is going to go through Kane and it's going to be the end of it. And then I think coming out of that, the feud is going to be Finn Balor versus Kane. Like, who's the true demon of WWE? Okay, and, you know what I'm saying. And then that, and then Finn's going to go over that way. I mean, okay. I mean, that would be better than what they've done to this point. (laughs) I mean, if they at this point they better do that, right? Like, otherwise, (laughs) holy shit, why have you done this to Finn Balor? Um, I I hear you. I don't know. It just this one in particular felt totally unnecessary. I didn't like the first one. We talked about it then because I hated the idea that you were doing it literally the night after you had him defeat 
the fucking best wrestler on the face of the planet. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I hated the notion that you had the guy beat AJ Styles and then a night later get wrecked by Kane. By the way, AJ Styles, who's now also the champion of the other show, right? Like, you're so yeah. good that you beat the best wrestler on the planet, but the next night you had to get stomped by Kane. I thought that was way over the top. I, this one just felt unnecessary, right? Like, they didn't build to anything. He just sort of came out of nowhere, and they said, now let's have a match. Like, that yeah. was that was really weird to me, and it felt... Hey, you know what? You know what? You, I know we're talking about Raw and everything now, but how could the gender look on SmackDown? Oh, you're right. He did look really good. He did look very, very good. You're oh right about that. Let me, let me get to that in a second, because we're going to do it all here in the first segment. Let's just knock out the rest of Raw, because you're right. He did look good. Um, so anyway, they did that. Obviously, we're getting... I guess the question now becomes, we're getting Braun Kane, because... But does Raw even have another pay-per-view before the Rumble? I honestly don't know. That's why we need... This is the reason why we need Aaron. Yeah, you know, this is the one thing he does have to offer us, doesn't he? <laughs> he has one thing. No, Aaron, this is your computer brain. Tell <laughs> yeah, us. Right? This is really goofy. I don't think they have another pay-per-view this year. I think this is... I think they this might. Is, no, they don't. SmackDown has Clash of Champions on December 17th. There is not another Raw pay-per-view until the Royal Rumble. Oh, then they'll probably have it for like the um, the the first like Raw the, of the year. The, yeah, the feud it'll be the feud will end on like January first. Yeah, okay, that'll be what they do. Um, I, I guess the other question is how do Cause they Raw? Because Raw is on January first this year. It's on the first. Oh yeah, right. That's right. Because Christmas is on a Monday. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, and they're making everybody work. Oh, I forgot about that. They're making everybody work on Christmas. Oh, that's so brutal. Um, yeah. I mean, except for the fact that I had to work on Thanksgiving and Christmas Yeah, Eve fair enough. I guess you don't have a lot of so sympathy for that. Kiss my ass. <laughs> yeah, right. So, okay, th- this is interesting. So they're going to do this. Um, I-, I guess the question now becomes, how do you blow all of this off? How do you blow off the shield and the bar, and how do you blow off everything if you're That's next? That's you do everything on that raw. You're saying uh, you you treat that raw like a pay per view. No, when is the twenty? When is the twenty uh, first, twenty fifth anniversary raw? Oh, that's early in dis- in January, correct? That's like the week afterwards, isn't it? Yeah. So like they'll between those two shows, the and the last show of the year on um the uh, the last show of twenty seventeen. Between those three shows, they'll blow everything off and then get ready and, for the rumble. Yeah, exactly. Okay, all right. That's that, and that makes those shows bigger. All right, that works. I can, I can, I can live with that. That works. Anything else from Raw that we got to touch on? Um, um, the uh, what's it called? Um, Pages faction. Oh right, but oh, what the fuck with the two the, these two teams having nothing to do with each other? Yeah, that pissed me off because the, the idea that I came up with, I thought that was no, it made cool. it was good. It made sense. It, the the idea of them just literally doing the same thing on Raw and SmackDown and and having them have nothing to do with each other is fucking batshit. Like what? yeah, like and that being said, like I love what Paige is doing with her crew, and uh, the Riot Squad actually might be the better crew in my opinion. Like I like. Ruby Riot, like I think Ruby Riot at the helm is—it's crazy to I, say this, but I think she's yeah. better than Paige. I, I, I the Paige thing is weird because like her explanation for it was, I haven't been around for a little while, so I felt the need to go get backup when I showed back up, which is like, dude, you're a former women's champion. You won the women's championship the first night you were on TV. Correct. Like for the first night. you, you need backup, like. That doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense to me. And then the other thing is, I still don't know how I feel about Mandy Rose as being an enforcer, right? Like, 
Is is Mandy Rose really an enforcer type? Like she seems like she's around because she's good looking. Yeah, she could be both. I mean, maybe. Maybe. Amisha Tate is a fucking smoke show. Yeah, you're right about that. I hear you, but like we and she could whoop your ass. But have we ever seen anything from Mandy Rose as a wrestler that makes her fit the role of of badass? Ass. Is that what the last word you said? <laughs> yeah, I, I did say that. Yes, correct. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I yeah, was that. Yeah. yeah okay. Sure. Fair. All right. I know. I understand. I'm not gonna lie. I, like this is, I, I'm. This is true. I mean, I went to a NXT house show in Tampa, uh, or Largo, somewhere like that. Yeah. And it, the match was a tag team match, and it was, uh, Mandy Rowe. I honestly couldn't even tell you who else was in the match right now, but. Mandy Rose was one of the competitors, and she was on the apron directly in front oh of my me. God. Time. Oh, my God. And that's the reason why I can't tell you. Yeah. What, yeah, you <laughs> have no idea. You, yeah, right. You have no idea. And I don't she, blame you, by the way. She is, a, she is a good worker, and she is a beautiful woman. Yes. I think we know all that to be true. Look, I'm not – Sonya Deville, we all know, is a badass, right? Like yes. We, she, oh, by the way, did you see the uh, NXT matches? Uh from from uh, the from the no I did I did not get a chance to watch. Yo, Ruby Riot versus Sonya Deville was a fantastic. I believe that. Yeah, I believe that. Sure, it was an incredible match. Like I was like watching it last night, like on the edge of my seat. Like, oh my god, these chicks are really going after it right now. Yeah, yeah, I believe that. I got. I need to watch it. It's on my list. I need to watch the the. the how is the UK Championship match? I haven't got to it yet. That's okay. what I'm about to watch as soon as as soon as we're done. <laughs> This is, this is what you're doing, getting ready for a football game, which is hilarious. Um, yeah, yeah it's, it sucks. It's dumb that they would do just literally the same thing on both shows and then have no bigger picture for it. I mean, like, your, your yeah. idea uh, there. Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing. There is a way. She called it the Riot Squad. Right. Now, the Riot Squad, what is the, what is the name that Paige's group is called? It's Oh, my God. I've already forgotten what it is. It's, uh, a, it's not assimilation. No, it's it's um oh my god ah uh, I'll, I'll tell you in a second go ahead. There's nothing that says the riot squad couldn't be like the villain club, just a fraction of the same crew. Eventually down the road, you get what I'm saying? Absolution, by the way. Absolution. Yes. So maybe, and I and what's really pissed me off most is that Absolution was the perfect name. For a group of women that are not on the same show, but all working together. Oh, no doubt, show. right? No doubt. That, that was the thing that pissed me off more than anything. That was an absolution. I was like, this is perfect. <laughs> <laughs> the next night, we're like, we're the Riot Squad. Yeah. Like, no. I'm like, wait. Could the Riot Squad just be like how Balor Club is really the Bullet Club, but it's Balor Club? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess. I... I... You know what's funny is like it wouldn't have bothered me had you not brought it up, right? Like I not, no. it wouldn't have bothered me at all. I've been like, it's weird. It's weird that you're doing this thing. Like it's goofy, but like whatever, it's fine. It was a way that you could get six chicks called up. Like I understand. Then when you brought it up, I'm like, oh, they have to do that. Now they have <laughs> to do that, or I'm gonna be pissed. And I end up being pissed that the two had nothing to do with each other. All right, let's allow that to swing us into SmackDown uh, as uh, as we are uh, recapping everything that happened this week. we got a lot more to get to during the course of the show. By the way, later on in the program, our buddy Jim Perry, who we've hung out with a bunch uh, at WrestleMania before, who is the man behind all things at Defy Wrestling in the Pacific Northwest, uh, they made a huge announcement this week, which is 
fucking bonkers considering where Defy is coming from. Like this doesn't even didn't even exist a couple of years ago. Defy is now partnered with Impact Wrestling and Pop TV, and you're going to see Defy matches on Pop TV. Holy yes. fucking shit. Like shout out shout out Steve Miggs. No doubt. That's our boy Steve Miggs, who you hear regularly as a guest picker, is involved with Defy. But uh Jim Perry, who is the dude behind Defy Wrestling, is going to join us a little bit later on in the show. Also, uh, we'll get into more of the conversation. A big story this week about the uh, possibility of uh, Cody Rhodes and the Bullet Club trying to do an arena event, a ten thousand person event, a standalone event. Uh Aaron and I are going to talk about that a little bit later on in the show as well. So that's all still to come. Uh, let's get into SmackDown. I, I thought, as far as SmackDown is concerned, you're right. Jinder looked great. They did a very good job of building him back up. Um, I, I, I guess it's a little bit interesting because it seems like if he's really turning on the Singh brothers, it's a perfect way to protect AJ and make sure that AJ wins another match, right? Like that seems I, I, I can see it one of two ways. Uh he turns. He could have just like beat him up because he's mad at him, right. like not necessarily turn on them. I, I agree with that. By the way, I think that's totally possible. I think that's what they're going to actually end up doing. But it could also be a way for him to decide after he loses the match to AJ Styles that he needs to get better people to have his back. Insert authors of pain. Oh, oh, that's interesting. Okay. Okay, I like that. I'm not opposed to that at all. Um, I think I think that that again, there's got to be a commitment to gender one way or the other, right? Well, like, either I mean, well, they already clearly had a commitment to gender, but they had, but they're really gonna have a commitment to authors of pain, right? And I guess I guess my question would be, if you go that way, are you still committed to be to gender being part of the championship picture for the totality of of next year? Uh, how crazy would it be if Jinder Mahal won the Royal Rumble? Uh, I mean, people would be really pissed. I mean, it, it would be super That would pissed. be, literally, that would be the point. Like, Oh, I know, I get it, but like, could you even imagine doing that in Philadelphia? You fucking have Jinder Mahal win the Royal Rumble in Philadelphia? The fucking city might burn. Like, I mean, holy yeah. shit, holy shit, that would be crazy. Um, no, but it, look, I'm, I, I think that they're committed. To, I think it's obvious they're committed to gender in some sort of way, whether that's because they they thought they needed to push in India for a year, whether that's because they believe they need to have a top Indian star all the time. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, we'll find that yeah. out as it moves forward. But clearly, you'd have to be committed to gender if you go that route with author, authors of pain. Um, we finally got the mojo turn on yes. Zack Ryder. I, I guess what I worry about is that AJ? They waited so long to do it that it lost juice in the process. I don't think that's the case at all because the crowd was booing the shit out of him. Yeah, I mean that's true. I, will that continue? I I guess the question becomes where are they going from here, right? Here's like, the thing. Here's the thing. Smarks wanted to not like Mojo anyway. Correct. So it makes so more then, sense to have so him as a now heel. Now you have the people that did like him booing him too. So now everybody's gonna boo. But do you think that? He's going to get like they're going to do one match with Zack Ryder and then sort of go back to we're not sure what to do with Mojo or do you think that they have a clear direction for him coming? I out think of this? that I think that they, they I mean he won a match at WrestleMania so I feel like they want him to right but remember part of that was they wanted a moment with Gronk yeah but at the same time uh, they could they did a moment with Gronk on Raw like the next or SmackDown two nights later they could have just did it there if that's all they wanted. 
Yeah, but I think it, I think it got more juice happening on WrestleMania. I mean, I think yeah, it, for sure. There's more um, mainstream media attention to that. Yeah, and who is the person that got the biggest bump from that gender, right? So then you could go, you could even have Mojo do the thing where he is the one that's going to help gender. Huh. Because he sees what gender was able to accomplish right. by not caring what the fans thought, blah, blah, blah. That'd be interesting. It'd be an interesting direction for it. Um, I, I, I guess I worry that they don't, they just don't know how to handle Mojo, right? Like, that his character, who he's been, is supposed to be a face, right? Like, the party guy, hype bro, he's supposed to be a face. If they take him away from that, do they know what Mojo is? Is, is there a way that he's anything more than just another big guy? Yeah, dude. He, it, like, the thing is, you say he's supposed to be a face. If I, told, if I tweeted right now that I went out to a party last night, the day before the game, do you know how much heat I would get? That's true, right? But that's it, it's unique to teams having favorite. Like it, it, you would have to, you would have to work with that. You know what I mean? Like you'd have to commit to that as as being a negative thing. You'd have to have other wrestlers say, you know, more than just Zack Ryder, dude, you've effed up. You don't understand the opportunities that you have. You don't take it seriously. You'd have to really commit to that part of the bit. Yeah, I mean that's what they did with. Uh... Andrade, and you see how that worked. That's true. I mean, that's obviously that. I mean, that's a great point. Um, I'm not opposed to that. I think that's a that's a great character evolution if that's the direction that they go. I mean, I I think that's a that's tremendous. You know, you sort of try to ultimately have you you end this with the Mojo growing up, right? Like yeah. that that you have a moment, but I, I don't know. I don't know that I have. Again, I, it comes back to this faith question. I don't know that I have faith. That they know what they're doing versus just saying, "Hey, look, this isn't th- this has gotten stale, Mojo and Zach. So let's split them up and we'll figure it out after that." I mean, how many times have they not been able to figure out Zach Ryder? Yeah, valid. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, all they've ever done is have a guy that is wildly popular that they have cannot figure out how to make it work on television. Yeah, I was actually shocked how many boos that Mojo got. Um, like. I didn't think anybody would care about Yeah, that, I hear you. Yeah, I hear you. But I think Zack Ryder is still really well liked by the fans. I just yeah. it's that for whatever reason they've never been able to fucking do anything with it. They don't they don't know what that is. They have no clue how to make it work. Um all right, what else from SmackDown that we need to touch on? It was it was not a big week for storylines on SmackDown, which is weird considering they have a pay per view that they're building towards and, and Raw doesn't. You know what uh, I mean? the New Day match was dope. Yeah. Sure. But are you surprised how by that? Great. How great was the new uh, uh, the new fashion files? Oh no, the saw thing, tremendous! It was amazing. Oh, it was tremendous! It's tremendous, and you know what's it's even when, more when when Connor said when Connor said, "Come on, we gotta beat this dead horse and get the key." Out. <laughs> <laughs> I love the bit where they don't know their names. By the way, that's a wonderful <laughs> bit. Because for fuck's sake, who really does know which one is Connor and which one is Victor? He said. <laughs> he said. He said Bye, friends. We're not friends. <laughs> no, it was tremendous. You're right about that. That was tremendous. But is there anything else that really like that mattered necessarily from SmackDown? Like uh, the Bludgeon Brothers continued to. I right. love how they're booking them. Right, which is what led to obviously the breakup. Yeah, and, um, they're, just, they're just ass kicking machines right now. Yeah, which is cool. And eventually they run into the Usos. When is the question, right? Like, yeah. I mean, I. 
It's also very clear they're going to keep the Usos and the New Day separated for a while because they have. Yeah, their... I think I think New Day is going to win the tag titles at WrestleMania. From like th- from who? From from the Bludgeon Brothers. So you think they'll have the Bludgeon Brothers run into the Usos between now and the Royal Rumble? Yeah, I think they'll have them beat them at the Royal Rumble. Okay, and then from there, the New Day gets back into the picture. Yes. Okay. Interesting. I, I mean, I, I guess what do you do with the Usos in that? You know, in that situation. Um, but I, it would make sense to have the New Day try to win the belts of the Royal Rumble or at that WrestleMania because it would give you a huge moment. Man, um, the New Day, yeah, the New Day has, like, for pretty much not changing their gimmick at all right. over the past three years, they are still red hot. No, you're right. You're right about it's that. Am- it's amazing. To, like, when I was listening to the crowd. On well, Tuesday, so much of that has to do with just tremendous matches. Like, they've just oh, yeah. fucking murdered tremendous it. Tremendous matches, and people just really love them. Like, there's not a lot of teams that are, unequ- like, teams or people in WWE that are unequivocally loved by the audience. But so much of that is perfect for wrestling fans, you know what I mean? Like, yes. so much of that is Xavier's in the video games, and Biggie's funny, and you know what I mean? Like, so much of that and is... Kofi, and Kofi's, like, been one of the best workers for a very long time. Right, you know? right. It transcends beyond just what you're doing from a, on a week-to-week basis on television, which is also very good. You know what I mean? Like it's my favorite thing that they done recently is when um when they were like counting up the the title reigns before they fought the Shield. They were counting up the title reigns that the Shield has, and the, and they were like, "But hey, we got such and such title reigns too. This many title reigns too between us. We're no laughing stock." Blah 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 blah. I mean, most of those are are Kofi. Right, right, right. correct. That was funny. You're right. That was a good bit. That was a really, really good bit. Um, We got to talk about the Shane and Daniel Bryan and Kevin Owens stuff, obviously, because it is it is interesting. Multiple levels where they're going with this. It's interesting that you continue to sort of have this disagreement between Daniel Bryan and Shane McMahon. And that these alleged punishments for Kevin Owens have not worked out at all because Kevin Owens has just won two matches that were supposed to be punishments for him. Um, yeah, it's great. And and what a, that was also a real, this is how you know Kevin Owens is really like even though people cheer him and love him, Kevin Owens has legit heat. Randy Orton got so much love during their match. And not oh, not something but, that typically happens. And like I love how they did it where they had Sami Zayn come out and attack him on the ramp so they can say he wasn't at ringside. Right. Right. That was perfect. Amazing. That was perfect. Um, I don't know where you go. Um I, again, I still don't know. There's so much being made of this. Is is WWE considering there was a there was a loose I guess in an interview, Nikki Bellis suggested that the the pushes for Daniel Bryan to get cleared and to get cleared to return to wrestling in the WWE that like he's not giving up on that and thinks it's still a possibility um i i i can't fathom that you know that that's going to happen right now and that you're considering that in this process like i just can't fathom that right like if they do and it's at WrestleMania Kevin Owens and Shane, and uh, Shane McMahon versus Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens well, you mean you mean Shane McMahon and I Daniel, mean Daniel Bryan. Bryan, right? Daniel Bryan and Shane McMahon versus Kevin Owens. And but haven't Bates. they done too much in like splintering 
you know, Daniel Bryan and Shane McMahon, that it would seem more likely for it to be Shane versus Daniel Bryan. You could see, I could see that too, but I think it's like splintering to eventually come back together. That like, the, the enemy if, of the enemy, the enemy of my enemy is, or the friend, right. The enemy of my enemy is my friend. Like Daniel Bryan is going out of his way to make sure that, that Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens don't get fired. He's trying to vouch for them, blah, blah, blah. And then eventually they screw him over. Right. And, do something. and he's like, you know what? I'm with you, Shane. Okay. Yeah, I can see that. But this, again, this is all predicated on the idea that he's going to be able to be cleared. And like, yeah. If you, if you know that he's going to be able to be cleared, wouldn't he already be wrestling? Like, wouldn't? Why would you be? Nah, it's in New Orleans, bro. That's if he's going to return, his first match should be in New Orleans because that's where he won. Yeah, I hear you. I just feel like I, 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 Daniel Bryan's return to me is different than Kurt Angle's return because if Daniel Bryan returns, he's wrestling every week. You know what I mean? Like, if you're clearing him. You're clearing him to be a... I don't think Daniel Bryan wants to be a... If, if he's getting cleared, knowing what we know about Daniel Bryan, we don't think it's because he wants to wrestle one time. You know what I mean? Or, like, wants to be a, I'll wrestle at WrestleMania and Survivor Series and take the rest of the year off. Like, what we know about him is he wants to wrestle. That's who he is. And our understanding is he would literally walk away from the WWE in order to be able to do that regularly. So I, I guess I just keep coming back to, if you know you're going to clear him... I think you're clearing him to be a regular performer again, to be a maybe not every week, but an every pay per view type of performer again. Yeah, and I I get where you would say, hey, it's a huge moment if his return is in in New Orleans, and I get that. I just can't fathom him there being like a gentleman's agreement. Hey, we all know we're going to clear him. We're going to start making plans for him to wrestle at WrestleMania now, and not use him between now and like it's Daniel Bryan we're talking about. Yeah, and. Once it once like it becomes clear that he's going to get cleared, it it throws a wrench in everybody's plans because now everybody's like, maybe we can get Daniel Bryan versus AJ Styles. Right. Maybe we can right. get Daniel Bryan versus Shinsuke Nakamura. Like it it changes everything. So really, it really would be dope. But I don't think it's. I still don't think it's gonna happen. No, I agree with you. Um, I guess the other question is, what do you? Where are you going if you're not getting him cleared with this whole situation between he? Like, is it ultimately, is it just that, that he lines up with, like, I just still don't know where you're going if you're not clearing him to perform. How does this all end? I, I couldn't tell you. Yeah, that's, that's the part that I still struggle with, that I just don't have a grasp on, is, is where this goes if he doesn't get, get cleared to perform. And in the meantime, Kevin Owens looks great. Like, he just, he looks awesome. Um, he just got a win over Randy Orton this week. Like, I mean, I... I mean, I don't know how he could look better because he's Kevin fucking Owens. You know what I mean? Like, he's he's tremendous. Um, and I still have my concerns about exactly what this all means for Sammy. Like, right now, it's good for Sammy, but I still don't know if they're really pushing him towards something better once this is all done with Kevin Owens or if he's just going to be the same thing that he was before, kind of an afterthought. I still don't know about that. Anything else from Raw SmackDown that we got to cover? Uh, no, I think we got it. All right, very good. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a break. I'm going to come back in. I'm going to chat with Aaron about this whole Cody Rhodes Bullet Club thing, which is crazy. Like, it's just crazy that it's out there that they're trying to put on this this big, over-the-top 10,000-person show. And then I want you to come back and join me so we can talk to our buddy uh, Jim Perry. Does that sound good to you? Sounds good. All right, very good. We'll do that when we come back in. Uh, Aaron will join me. I'm Glenn, and he's... The main event. AJ Francis, this is Jobbing Out. 
what we do with our lives defines us. So consider a path that gives you an array of opportunities for your future. The U.S. Army gives you skills and experiences that make you a well-rounded person. With many ways to serve that align with your goals, you'll become a stronger individual. Find out more at GoArmy.com. You may qualify for up to a $40,000 signing bonus. Start your future today at www.goarmy.com slash football. There's strong, then there's Army strong. Paid for by the United States Army. Bullet Club. Back in here for segment number two. It is jobbing out, but we're going to make a, a quick switch here as everything was screwed up with the Redskins schedule this week. So AJ will tag out for a little bit. Instead, he'll tag in. Uh, the uh, the other member of the crew from the Baltimore Sun and Rolling Stone, Aaron Oster. What's up, buddy? What's up? I'm sure you guys had a nice discussion on uh, Matt Hardy breaking down and SmackDown's women not being involved with the Raw women, even though they're the exact same. It's really, group. it's really. I mean, I, I I really hope there's something more coming from that because that is really bad. Um, yeah, we talked about a lot of that. We talked about uh, Mojo finally turning on uh, Zack Ryder, obviously, which. I, I, Boy, is that the slowest build in the history of ever, and and God knows if it even has any juice at this point. I, my gut whatever. says it doesn't. <laughs> right, my gut says whatever juice was there, it's gone. But uh, let's talk about some other stuff. I want to get away from WWE this segment, and I want to talk about one other really, really big story that came down this week that is is fascinating to me, and and I'm trying to figure out if it really matters, and that's the story that uh, Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks are looking to do a major arena event um, at some point in 2018. And it's interesting to me, Aaron, for a couple of reasons. One, because, well, we all like Cody and we all like the Young Bucks. And, you know, I think we all like the idea of there being a, a major event that involves other professional wrestlings. I think that all sounds really good in theory, but... I think there's a boatload of questions about whether or not it can work. I think there's a boatload of questions about even if it can work one time, what does that mean? Is it something that they pursue more? I, I just have so many questions that come from this idea. Yeah, I mean, it's just one of those things. We, they've been talking about it for a little while now. I remember you know, there was the big kind of back and forth between uh, – it started out as just a Meltzer comment. Someone asked Meltzer, hey, if the – you know." Could a non-WWE show do 10,000? And Meltzer was like, well, I don't know. I don't know that happened. And then Cody jumped in with, you know what? I bet you give us, you know, you you have me. You have the Young Bucks. I don't know if he mentioned Kenny Omega. I assume he would be part of this if it goes down. And he said, you know, give us three months to promote. Give us a bigger venue. We can sell out 10,000 seats. So that's kind of where this all stemmed from. This was, I believe, four or five months ago. I, I remember it happened. I think it was over the summer or whatever. Um... It's interesting. It's it's definitely interesting just because we don't know what a, a non-WWE show can do because no one's willing to try it. Um, we, we know that they are starting to sell out big, slightly bigger venues. We know that Ring of Honor did their biggest show ever with uh, at WrestleMania weekend. We know that they're still running a, a semi-big venue in Dallas, not 10,000, or not uh, Dallas, New Orleans, Orleans yeah. not 10,000 big. But again, once they announced Kenny Omega... The, the number of seats sold shot up. So it is interesting to see what there's going to be like without that artificial captain involved. They can't just say, oh, we're going to sell 3,000 tickets. We sold out. It was great. Now if they, you know, is that the most they can do? We don't know. It, it, it's definitely an interesting experiment. Well, that's I, think, sure. I think it goes beyond that too, man. Like I think there's a lot of like, okay, well, if they're going to pull this off, then 
are are they on their own trying to abandon? Do they look at this and then say, "What what are we doing with Ring of Honor? No offense, Ring of Honor, but why are we helping you make money? Why wouldn't if we can pull off one event in one place?" And if we can put together a card of performers that are just, if the only idea is it's non-WWE performers, couldn't we do this in other towns? And if that's the case, then aren't we sort of starting our own promotion in a way? And and that's the part that really interests me, is you're doing this outside of the promotion that you quote-unquote work for. And I get it, Ring of Honor is a different world than WWE. I fully understand that. Oh, but, but it's still very much, which is why I am I question if this is going to end up being in America, because Ring of Honor does have, you know, pretty ironclad contracts. that like you can't do an indie outside, you know, in America, outside of PWG. Well, and then it makes it far less interesting if it's not in America. I mean, like, I, with all due respect, like, I... I I'm not as interested in what it is that you can do over there because it's a whole different world. This is intriguing to me if it's something that you can pull off. Well, what if it's in Canada? Yeah, I mean, I hear you. I, it's not as intriguing. I, well, they, they, they named the four cities. It was London. It was Ontario, Canada. Or not Ontario. Ontario, California. Right. Which is where the Young Bucks are from. Right. Uh, what were the other? I think there was one American and one Canadian city. Let me just double check real quick there. But yeah, I mean, it seems like 50-50 this is going to be held in America. I don't think this is going to be a long term, mainly because I don't know if either side is interested in turning this into a true promotion. Now, is this something that they can tour, you know, do something every three months or something like that? That's possible. I would doubt that this becomes a even a semi-regular promotion. Okay, um, fine. Then why do you care so much about doing it one time? To prove you can. To to you know their whole thing is we want. Here we go. Chicago, London. Uh, okay, so it is three American uh, cities. It's Chicago, San Francisco, Ontario, California, and London. Would uh, are the four names that are being thrown around right now for locations. Uh, it's interesting because again, what the Bullet Club's all about right now is basically saying we can do something that's never been done before. And right now, uh, is filling a 10,000-seat venue outside of WWE, outside of WCW, is something that's never been done in America before. And in, quite frankly, it's never been done in most companies. New Japan obviously has done it. Uh, I don't know specifically what other companies have done it, but it's few and far between to sell a 10,000-seat venue. So as I said, you know, this almost got started because of a, a innocuous question to Dave Meltzer. So this is just to show, yeah, you know what? These people who are saying, oh, we're, we're only uh, draws because we only have to fill these 3,000-seat venues, we're more than that. We can fill these bigger arenas. It doesn't just lead to one more question. Like, it's okay, so you did it once. So it doesn't, don't people just start asking the question all over again, which is, so you managed to pull it off one time? It doesn't suddenly make you a... You know, it, it doesn't make you a regular 10,000-seat draw. Like, I, that to me is why this is fascinating, because if you can pull it off, again, I don't know how much work goes into pulling it off, but once you do... Oh, a lot of work gets put well, in. Yeah, pull right, I, but what I don't think is, this is a given. That I, As much as I, I think that... I think that genuinely right now, Kenny Omega is the biggest draw in America, bar none. Yeah, at least proven-wise. Obviously, you could say if Brock Lesnar went and did this, he'd be a bigger draw. If John Cena went and did this, he'd be a bigger draw. And I'm not going to argue with that. I know Dave Meltzer tried to argue that. I'm not going to. But as far as a proven draw, someone that you put on the card, and because his presence is there, Kenny Omega is the biggest draw in America right now. 
10,000 is a big number. 10,000 is a real big number. And I don't know that they pull it off. You, you're trying to argue. Let me just try to understand what you just said. You're trying to argue that you believe even these, these, these WWE guys, if they weren't beholden to the company, would not be as big of individual draws. No, as I'm, I'm not trying. Dave Meltzer did actually try to argue that, but okay. um, I, I'm saying that right now we have a we have proof that you know the the Ring of Honor show that's in that's WrestleMania before Kenny Omega was announced i think there were about 700 seats sold or so i I don't know the exact number it's around i know the chicago was it turned a 800 seats to selling out a 2400 seat venue in 48 hours we know specifically that kenny omega's name tripled the size of the seats sold um we don't know that for and and yes i assume that john cena if you did that would be able to but we know for a fact that kenny omega because of his name and his name alone was able to triple the amount of seats that are normally sold to a Chicago Ring of Honor show. Um, okay. And look, I'm not trying to diminish that or take anything away from Kenny Omega in that way. I, I guess, again, my question would become, if this is all about saying that you can do something, I don't know that doing it one time proves that, 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 that that's who you are versus we put all of our eggs in one basket to try to pull something off one time and you know, it was a miracle, and I don't know how much you charge for tickets. I don't know who took a bath. Like, if it's this is just about trying to prove that you can do something, well, you know what I mean? Like, you can prove that you can do something, but you could you could do it by saying we're going to charge five bucks for a ticket and ask a bunch of people to work for free so that we can try to prove that we did something, right? Like, I just don't believe that that's really what this is all about. I, I think that this matters because you're trying to figure out what your own value is. And I think that's really important for a lot of people because I think, and particularly for somebody like Kenny Omega, particularly for the Young Bucks, particularly for Cody Rhodes, you are as valuable as anyone who has ever been in the position that you're currently in, right? Like, that's the argument that you, the best way to define it is nobody that's been in the position of not being employed by WWE or at the time WCW has ever seemed to have this much individual value. Maybe Kurt Angle, at the point when he went to TNA, like you could maybe make that argument about him. That, But the, there's no ev- necessarily evidence. Of right, that. he didn't suddenly show up. And that's, by the way, which is, I think, very concerning about all of this, but you can make that argument that he was pretty valuable at that point. But other than that, nobody has ever been this valuable. So how valuable truly are you? It, it's arguable that you're more valuable if you don't find out this answer, right? Like, if you don't find right. out what it takes. Because th- right now you can say, I sell out venues on my own. Correct. I don't te- you know, I, I can't tell you the exact number, but I sell out venues. Correct. When I show up somewhere, the, the place is all of a sudden packed, and that matters. However, if you try to pull something like this off and it doesn't work for whatever reason because there's too many people dealing with too many contracts because there are too many people that want to get um, you know their, their own piece of the pie in the process because there's too many cooks in the kitchen, whatever, if for whatever reason you don't pull it off, well, then you're no longer that guy that does that. That takes the bloom a little bit off the rose versus if you do, don't you sit back then and say at the end of it, then why is it that I'm working for them? If I can do this, why am I working for them versus working for myself or working with all these people that were able to do this? And if we pulled it off in Southern California, couldn't we pull it off in Chicago? And then maybe we could pull it off in New York. And shouldn't we be going this route and creating our own thing that exists and stand alone? Aaron, I'll tell you, my gut is 
they can't do that. And maybe they could pull off a one-time show somewhere. It would have to be in a huge market where you have a you know a bigger potential audience. And I don't know if it's ten thousand people or whatever. But I I I wonder if ultimately you get down this road and you just say. This is a bad idea because we might end up making ourselves look less valuable in the process. Which is why I don't think it's about, you know, I don't think it's about anything long term. I think it's about just saying, let's try this. Let's do this. It's, you know what? It may hurt us in the long term, but it won't hurt us that much. You know, even if we are the guys who can only sell 7,000 seats in a 10,000 seat venue. Yeah, that's pretty valuable to everybody basically on the planet. Um, I, I think it's almost an ego thing as much as anything else. Whether it's, you know, you, you can frame it as they're having fun, they're trying to just, you know, do things that have never been done, or it's just a... By the way, as a professional yeah. wrestling fan, I'm cool with that, right? Like, I'm yeah. cool with the idea And, and that's of... the thing, and, and that's what I think it is. I, I don't think it's necessarily... Now, could it turn into something more? Yes, it could. But I don't think they care if it's something that maybe slightly diminishes their value, because their their value's really high right now, and if it's slightly diminished, well, then they're still in a pretty good place. I also think that based on i don't know if you heard uh cody rhodes talk about what his vision for the main event is um if it's something that's supposed to massively up their own value they're not floating daniel bryan's name out there they're making them the biggest name in the show cody rhodes said in in his vision daniel bryan's in the main event I mean, you know, yeah, I mean, and that would go a long way. I mean, that would sell out a building. There's no doubt about I mean, that. That, that would right. sell, but then it's not them selling it. Out. Right. It's, it's that they brought Bryan in Daniel Bryan. True. Correct. I mean, that's a good point. So, again, I, this gets me back to all the same questions. Why does it matter? What are they trying to do? And, I, I, you know, if if they want to do a big event with Daniel Bryan, they can do a big event with Daniel Bryan. Somebody's going to attempt to do a big event with Daniel Bryan somewhere. Look, I'm all for big events, and I think this is why we were also excited about the the Chris Jericho Kenny Omega thing, right? Because it just comes off as so big. But what's it for? There's nothing wrong with having an event. Like, go have an event. I'm all for having an event. Choose if you want to buy your tickets. If you don't want to buy your tickets, all good. I I like having the option, but doesn't matter. And that's what I keep coming back to is that I think this has been greeted as huge news. Oh, I, I don't know that it is. And and right. And that's sort of what I come back more to, which is I think it's it's neat if they can do it. I think it's cool, but I have my my skepticisms, I have my doubts. Um, you know, if, if it if it happened in DC or Philadelphia, like hell yeah, I'd want to be there. Uh no question. But it, unless they can really pull it off, unless they can easily pull this off, unless there's more of a thirst and a hunger for this than I realize there is, I, I don't know. And then, again, if there is, if there's such a thirst for this that they can easily sell out a 10,000-seat venue, then I think the questions are far bigger. I think the questions then become, is there... Is, it, is BCW, Bullet Club Wrestling, going right. to become a thing? Right. And is is BCW... And this, I think, is the world that we've talked about before, like uh, when Ron Snyder wrote his book about independent wrestling. Like, is there a world in which everyone who's not WWE can sort of gang up together or are there just too many people that are too concerned about their own self-interests? And and ultimately, I fear that that's going to be the case. If you can prove that you can draw 10,000 people in multiple markets, somebody's going to have a fat wad of money for you to say, this is why we want to start a company and you're going to be behind it. Um, well, I, I, I think the interesting thing becomes if, if they do pull it off, if they pull it off to any extent, like I know they want to sell out the 10,000 seat venue. Let's pretend that they get 7,500 of the 10,000. That's still in a cup. You can yeah, frame it. A boatload of people, Some people right, will yeah. frame it as a failure. 
I'd say that's a pretty good job. Yeah, it's a lot of people. If you, Correct. Um, I think it becomes interesting for New Japan. We we know, you know, we're talking about people who are at least somewhat under contract to New Japan in the Young Bucks and Cody Rhodes and Kenny Omega, which we, we all assume Kenny Omega is going to be involved with this. Sure. We know that New Japan has interest in really starting to move into America. We know they're doing that show back in Long Beach is a little bit of a bigger venue than last time. It's still not a huge venue. But if these guys can start selling out seven, eight, you know, or not even selling out, but filling seven, eight thousand seats, I think New Japan starts saying, okay, these guys did it. We can try to start making that sort of move next. I mean, I agree. And I, and I think that is probably the most fascinating part about it. But is New Japan doing that as an attempt to come compete? Or they, who, I guess, if they well, I mean, do they've, that. They've made this statement that, yes, we are going to start compete. We want to compete with WWE. Which I, the, the, the owner made that, was at the beginning of, it was the beginning of this year, right? That right, he made that right. really kind of grandiose uh, speech about just, we, we really think that it's time to take it to WWE. Well, look, you're not going to do it unless you think that way. Let me make that very clear. I think it's smarter to think along the way of we're going to compete to try to be the number two in America. Like, we're going to just try to like, – there's no clear number two. Let's step in. Let's be that obvious number two company in America or the number one company in Japan. we got things going pretty well for us, right? Like, that's a that's a I mean, they're the number model. two company in the world right now. Correct. That's true as well. They're the number two company in the world. But if you can also be the number two in America, which they're not, like they're not right. currently oh, the I number know. two in America. Oh, I know. That's what I'm saying. They're the number two in, right. in the if, world. If they become the number two in America, especially if it's even a mild, like obviously they're not going to dethrone WWE, but if they become a mildly close number two, then all of a sudden you start having the question, who's the biggest in the world? Right. Correct. And that's a, and that's a big deal and that's huge and there's no question about that. Uh, we're... we're if they can pull that off, or and let me go a step backwards, if they talk as though their idea is that they want to come in and compete with WWE in America, that's the only way they could possibly do it. It still seems unlikely. I mean, you're you're up against something that's that's just an incredible force. I mean, it's just an overwhelming force. It still seems unlikely that you'd be able to pull it off. But is it important to at least suggest that you can if? You're going to walk in and try to to really get a huge share of the market. Is it important to try to say specifically if we're going to do this, we want you to believe that we're attempting to compete with WWE because it leaves you in with two issues. One, then you get measured versus WWE, and if either the product or even the touch, you know, like the 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 sales figures, the the TV numbers, whatever, are not of that ilk, you're going to be embarrassed. The the, the what's going to greet you on social media and when people like you like write about this, you're going to say they said they were going to compete with WWE and then they put a TV show on and it garnered a .2 rating, um, and you're going to kill them over that, and that's going to hurt them even though. You know, putting a TV show on and, and, and getting anybody to watch right now is kind of remarkable. So should they understate what it is they think they can accomplish, or should they try to overstate it in hopes that that makes them feel bigger? You know, it's definitely interesting. And, and you know, they do have the show right now, and they are drawing, you know, not big ratings by any stretch, but people are watching the show on Access for the people who have Access. Um it's it's an interesting. They're in an interesting spot. But that's right now. but that's not like a specifically geared to America. I, I know it is. I, let me say that it's not taped here. It's not live. You know what I mean? Right. They're, yeah. No. It's it's very much. But that's the thing is, they are they're definitely putting their feelers out right now, and that's kind of the position they're in. They're trying to figure out. Okay. They're gonna they're going to be careful about it, pretty much for the reason because if they jump the gun to you know, it's just like TNA. TNA. If they had held off 
you know, tried to re in 2000 or 2010, 2011, whenever the whole, the whole Hogan debacle went down and just kind of said, okay, we're going to keep this on Thursday. We're going to make sure this gets us a boost on Thursday before we even think about moving to Monday. Then, you know, maybe they would have had a chance to not completely shoot the bet on that. Instead, they decided to jump forward with it. It became a complete debacle. They were going head-to-head with Raw. They failed. And because of that direct, like you said, because of that direct comparison, it was made even worse because you were getting the direct comparison and you could see very clearly it was much worse. So New Japan's going to be very careful about it. It's why they're they're sticking to you know the, their one show a year in America besides the, the Ring of Honor New Japan split shows. But you know that they are watching. And you know that's something that, you know, whenever people of, you know, of not their property, but you know, their wrestlers are going to do something big. That's just another box to check that says, okay, if they can do this, then we can do this. And you kind of just keep moving down the line to where the point gets, where they can say like, all right, we're ready to do this in some form. Yeah. Okay. It's interesting. I mean, it's all very interesting. And I, I I have, again, I'll continue to have my reservations about it. I, I like it in theory. I think we're all in agreement that competition is good. Um, it, it is truly a golden era to be a professional wrestling fan. You could not have more options, all of those things, but I'm still skeptical about any of it working because it's, it's not as if these are new ideas. It's not as if these are, these are first time ideas. We're just considering the possibility that an already established company elsewhere could scoop in and become competitive here in this country, which is obviously of no certainty. Give me an idea if I, they if they do something like this, Aaron, just this the standalone show, not the not the new Japan stuff, just the right. standalone show. Um who has to be a part of it outside of obviously Cody, the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega? Uh, I mean, those are I think the main guys. I think that if they're smart, they try to because they're set in such a unique position and and this is I think the idea that the the Bucks and and Cody Rhodes are going to finance this is one of the more interesting things. I don't necessarily know what it means, like as far as the true indies and stuff, or you know they can build it as a super show instead of working with an independent promotion, which I think could end up being big. Because if they do the, do it that way, and they can say, "Look, we're not an independent promotion. This is the, uh, you know, the let, let's say." a wrestler dies between now and then and this is the whatever super show you know right, something like that right Th- then all of a sudden you can say okay we're going to take all of these wrestlers who normally have contracts that say we can't work together with these other companies and we can put them under one roof we can take some new japan guys we can take triple a guys from mexico we can take guys from the uk we can get like basically everyone big at the world which by the way we're all friends with because we travel the world we make friends we make contacts people like us and, and we can put them under one roof and we can say, you know what this is going to be? This is going to be a super show the likes that hasn't been seen in God knows how long, probably since, you know, the mid to late 90s when, when uh, they were running regular, you know, super shows in, in North Korea and Japan and Canada and stuff like that where we could take all of these guys. So what they need, they need to look worldwide. I, I think that if it's simply Bullet Club plus maybe some New Japan guys, you know, they're... Yeah, they're selling it out for Ring of Honor, but they're not selling 7,000 seats for that. They're, yeah. they're just not. No, I hear you. I hear now, you. If, if you're throwing in all of these worldwide stars that we don't normally get to see uh, in front of American crowds, then yeah, I think they have a shot to do this. And then obviously, if you get something like a Chris Jericho, like a Daniel Bryan, that might put them over the top. 
All right. Um, one more thought on this. When it was first teased out by Cody Rhodes, it actually included an ROH hashtag. Um, the hashtag was ROH10,000. Why wouldn't Ring of Honor, and then the word was that Ring of Honor sort of had their own reservations, which I think speak to many of the things that, that we've discussed. But why, the word is that like Ring of Honor didn't want it on their own, but they're not opposed to allowing Cody and the Young Bucks pursue it. Why does that make sense? Like why? Money, just strictly money, especially Ring of Honor, you know, they're owned by Sinclair. Every, you know, if they have a big expenditure, which this would very clearly be a very big expenditure to, to you know, find a huge venue like that and promote a show and, and do everything, they'd have to run it all the way up to the top. They may not get that permission, which is why, the you know, you have now Cody and the Young Book just saying, okay, fine, we'll, we'll do it on our own. We know that these guys who have to go through a board of directors aren't necessarily going to approve such a risk, but we have some extra money now. We'll try to do it on our own. Um, I'm sure if, you know, if it all works out, Ring of Honor will be like, oh yeah, we're going to send over our guys, get our name on the poster. Right. And, you know, this will be the Ring of Honor, New Japan, AAA progress, you know, whatever super show. Right. Um, but they don't want to take, they, they, a don't want to take on the financial expenditure and B, they don't want to say, oh, look, the, the giant attempted ring of honor show failed. Yeah. That's interesting. I mean, that, that part is. Yeah, I, I hear you. I hear you. It's that's fascinating. Is let let it be somebody else's risk, and we'll go from there. That's uh, that's totally fair. Anything else about this in particular that we need to cover in this segment? Um, you know, I I just I like I said, I I find it very interesting. I I'd be very interested to find out what exactly are the fun financials involved with it. You know, right now we're hearing Young Bucks and Cody are going to finance that themselves we know that's probably not going to be the case that it's a hundred percent their money. Who's going to get involved. They probably have somebody else involved kind of in mind to kind of co-finance it. Um, that's the, the financials of it. I'm going to find very interesting as we move closer to it. And then obviously where it's going to be. And I guess if, D if he's even hinting Daniel Bryan, we're talking about, you know, fall of next year at the earliest. So we, we got time to prepare for this. Right. So it'll just be an interesting thing to watch going forward. Very good. Uh, let me do this. I'm going to come back in and hang out with AJ again in the next segment. Then you and I can uh, can do a quick count after that, all right? Sounds good. Very good. He's Aaron Oster. Uh, when we come back in, it'll be, uh, it'll be AJ once again. The main event will be back. I'm Glenn. This is Jobbing Out. The Parkcell Early Phase Unit at Harbor Hospital is looking for healthy males and females ages 18 to 85 to volunteer for a clinical research study. Length of participation and number of visits vary by study. If you qualify, you may receive compensation ranging from $1,200 to $8,500 upon completion. For more information, please visit our website or call 1-877-617-8839. Call now. Back in here for segment number three. It is jobbing out. Aaron just ducked back out, but it's myself, Glenn Clark, and of course... The main event. A.J. Francis of the Washington Redskins, and now joined by a guy that we know pretty well. We've never had him on the show, and that makes us dicks. Um, I'll, I'll admit that at the, at the front, because this dude, what he has built uh, out in the Pacific Northwest, holy shit. Um, uh, uh, this didn't exist just a couple of years ago, and now Defy Wrestling has not only become one of like really cool independent promotions in in the entire United States, but now 
they just announced something totally fucking massive this week that he's going to tell us all about. He is the owner and promoter for Defy Wrestling. He's our buddy, Jim Perry. Jim, it's so good to finally have you on the show. Thanks for taking a couple of minutes for us, man. Oh, my gosh. It's, it's, yeah, it's great being on the show. You know, I wasn't going to say anything. You know, you guys being dicks, <laughs> but, you know, I'm glad you just uh, started. No, no, no. It was, a, it was a pleasure mania weekend, spending that entire weekend with you guys, or, or shit, seems like a, a week. Um, but uh, yeah, it was it was it was terrific getting to know you guys and and uh, seeing all the shows and and uh, you know getting the bug nigs together. Right, was always uh, sort of a highlight and it irritating him. And, and you guys and were hanging really out. You you were hanging out with AJ and Migs on Radio Row too, right? Like you even got. I, I didn't even get that invite. Man, that was that was fantastic. You know what I mean? That was I'm so damn to, like, early. Inch my way. <laughs> right. See, well, you guys were up at like three in the morning after we hadn't gone to bed until three in the morning, roughly. So it was a bit oh, problematic. It was bananas. It was bananas. But, yeah. Right. You know, uh, you know AJ's charisma alone uh, brightened the day. Oh, stop and, it! And it was like it is morning now. Stop. AJ yep. don't, this is all so fast. Don't do this. I don't need that. In my life. <laughs> you know what's so funny? God. Every time, every time we have somebody on the show that is like hung out with me personally or knows me personally. They always say the most nice things because I am really the nice. God person. damn, it pisses and me off Glenn, so much. Glenn yeah. and Aaron just hate on me. Yeah, man. they really do. Yeah, well, that's because we we truly are dicks. Like that's the difference between all of us. AJ actually is a nice guy, whereas we we're just dicks. And so I hate the idea that AJ actually gets recognized as being a nice guy because I I don't like it whatsoever. All right, Jim, let's get into it. You guys made a huge announcement this week about the future, this amazing thing that's happening for you guys. Take everybody through what's going on with Defy and Impact and Pop TV. Holy hell, I can't believe this is happening. Yeah, I mean, I can't really believe it either. I mean, as we're kind of talking about it, I've got goosebumps um, because it's something that after 11 months of, of, of working on this project that is Defy uh, with the team members, with the wrestlers, with the Defiance, um, 11 months later, we find ourselves making our international TV de- debut. Um, Impact Wrestling has been around for a while, and uh, through through the ups and downs, the the twists and the turns of, of them as a company, you know they've always persisted and and always gathered some of the best talent in the world, and so we're super excited uh, to be in a situation where where we were using a lot of the same talent, right? And in terms of Yo, are you there? Creating content oh, and, and creating uh, compelling video videos around uh, our matches and our events. I think uh, it's it's like sort of an, a, a natural progression to to find a, a larger platform to really uh, show our product off and to show our promotion and to show to show shit that the Washington Hall and how insane it gets it's in so there cool and how loud everyone is. Yeah, you guys have to come out sometime because it's um it's it's an experience. Right, um, a beyond just a wrestling show, Defy is an experience, and so I, I think with this match that will be on Pop TV tonight at eight seven Central and a hundred and twenty other countries on various networks, um, you're going to see Sammy Callahan uh, versus Randy Myers in 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 a match that's just just completely bonkers. It's it's violent. It's hilarious. Um, I think it encapsulates a lot about what Defy is. So, yeah, we're just very, we're very excited and very happy to be uh, kind of adventuring into this space with Impact Wrestling uh, as, as partners, as content partners, and see kind of where it goes from here. Is this something that's going to continue? Like, are we going to be seeing more of these? Yeah, you know, we're, we're, we're in talks 
uh, about what it's going to look like in the future. Uh, we do know that uh, we for sure are going to proceed into the Global Wrestling Network uh, app, which for the first time, uh, we're really excited. It, for the first time, it allows uh, Defy uh, viewers to watch Defy on Apple TV and iOS devices. Um, our, 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 our current partnerships, which are still going to remain at this point, um, only allow folks to do it online and, and uh, sometimes Roku through some of our partnerships. Um, but, but essentially it, it, it opens uh, up Defy to such a larger audience and such a larger global audience that we know that we're going to partake in that. And so we'll, we'll be having our first four Defy events up on the Global Wrestling Network, I think as soon as next week. Um, and, and so that is something that we're going to continue developing with them, uh, in addition to some, some extra content. Um, it, per our relationship uh, via sharing talent or uh, filming matches uh, at Defy, I think it all, you know, honestly, it all depends on kind of like creative. It all depends on what we're both looking for. If there are situations where um, we can, we can uh, figure out creative or it's, it's, you know, will behoove us uh, as partners to explore filming certain segments or matches on, on our shows and having an impact, then uh, I, th- I think we'll certainly do it. Um, and we're excited about that potential because, uh, you know, shit, for any promotion, this is, this is a huge platform, you know. Uh, for the promotions that are working with Impact right now, uh, in terms of BCW and Smash, they're Canadian and, and they're doing some great stuff. Super Kicked is involved with them too on, on the GWN network, um, and they're doing some they're doing some awesome stuff and have for a while. But I think to be one of the first uh, U.S. based promotions uh, is is kind of kind of an honor, you know. No doubt, man. No fucking doubt. It's incredible. It's uh, it, 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 so. Did you know this was happening when like I like when did the match happen and did you know then that it was going to be on TV? I did, yeah, and we actually had the opportunity to announce live at the show that it was. Going oh, to that's premiere. cool. But I think with anything wrestling related, it's sort of like I'm sure the all fans the announcements love in the that. world, uh, especially live, and and folks are sometimes you, you, you're going to get a pop, you're going to get a reaction, but sometimes that that news doesn't quite um, make it out because I think folks are hesitant to believe certain things, you know, like, and and for that it's. I think for a lot of folks, they were like, whoa, shit, like, that's really going to happen? Uh, is it really going to happen? Right, yeah, right. So, <laughs> so we, 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 certainly knew, um, we certainly knew ahead of time. Uh, we've been working, I've, I've been working with Sanjay directly over in uh, Impact Creative, and uh, we've been working collectively with uh, some of the folks from Anthem, even in terms of uh, de- developing, like, for example, like the, the teaser graphic was a collaboration with Anthem and, and, and the design staff at Impact. So, yeah, we're, we're in, and Josh Matthews. So we're kind of like really um, digging in there with him uh, in, in, in true partnership sense. And what will be interesting, and, and I haven't seen it yet, is seeing this match with, with uh, Jeremy Borash and Josh Matthews commentating on it. That's going to be really interesting. Wow, that yeah. Before, so. That's crazy, man. Yeah. That's really, really cool. Yeah, how, how, how does one, like, let's say, let's say I knew this guy. Right. <laughs> and and he I mean he looks the part. He's like six five, like three thirty, moves like a cat, can talk his ass off, can make you love him, make you hate him, doesn't really matter, you know. 
how does that guy go about getting booked on a Defy show, and you know, in a supplementary role? <laughs> well, I've, I've I've got two versions of that answer. One is that you know, if that dude has a has a pedigree of athleticism, right, <laughs> uh, and as a professional, um, uh-huh. and and can hold himself in those regards, uh, that increases the chances exponentially in terms of <laughs> your ability, right? All right, cool. Um, but but. Yeah, but, but secondly, you know, and I, and I tell this to a lot of cats who ask us for booking, uh, whether they're local or whether they're trying to fly in and work for us, you know, we're, we are really an opportunity engine, right? Uh, with, with our platform that we've built, I think that we can, we can bring folks in, we can help them uh, develop and, and create uh, matchups or, or, uh, or segments that is going to help their career, hopefully. And uh-huh. the, the larger our platform form grows, the, 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 the better of an opportunity tool we are. So, you know, of course, we get a lot of requests. And the requests ranging from a, a, a guy down the street who just dropped out of community college for, and, and, and wants to sell weed for, for, a, for a living. And, and has a, it's so a funny to me you can say that. In, in Seattle, that? you can say that, and that's not like. Right, yeah. It's like, not, there's, nothing, this isn't, there's nothing bad about that, right? He's he just, sell, yeah, no, it's, no, no, sell no. weed for it's a living. Like if I'd have said like that on somebody career, I knew that just dropped out of journey, college, career college career early, path, right? so, I'd be calling them a criminal. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So one day he wants to do that, and the next day he wants to be a wrestler. So we get those. And then we get. You know, guys from the UK, guys from Japan, you know, internationally, uh, guys that are on TV every week. We, we get, re- you know, hit up by folks like that. So a very wide range. Uh, essentially, though, for, for someone that is trying to, trying to break in to the business, it's really about being present and it's really about helping out. And when there's someone that hasn't had a lot of matches or are still working on their physique and their skill level or their fundamentals or whatever else, I tell them, hey, come be present, come be helpful with the shows, and that's how you're going to get booked. That's how you're going to get your shots. Come and help with ring crew. You know what I mean? Come to these seminars that we set up. You yeah. Know, uh, promotions typically don't make a ton of money on seminars. It's about kicking it back to the talent, help them, um, and, 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 and handle expenses and everything else. Come in, contribute, collaborate with some of that stuff. That's how you're going to get noticed, and that's how you're going to get booked at the fire or any other uh, independent wrestling promotion. Oh, okay, because the because the guy that I'm talking about, yeah, he he actually <laughs> might be in Seattle anyway because he's he he has this like emerging music career. Mm. Um, yeah, and he's okay. and he's about and he's about to you know he's setting up a tour right now, and he's going to yeah. be going out to Seattle and San Jose and probably L.A. on a like a West Coast wing of that. So, okay. like you know that guy. Uh, Just tell AJ to go F himself already, Jim. Just get to the point where you tell him to get bent, okay? He he might be in the area. So I was just, if you want me to put you in contact with his people, I can, you know. Well, listen, I I, I mean, I think that, you know, like, uh, you know, yeah, probably, probably, probably DM me. Get in my DMs and, uh, you know, tell this guy to hit me up in those regards. And, uh, you know, we, we're open, you know, especially <laughs> notable personalities. Uh, you know, we, 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 we like to mix it up with those folks. Yeah, so, uh, right. yeah. Slide on into them DMs is what he's saying. Slide <laughs> right on in. He's Jim Perry from uh, Defy Wrestling up in, uh, up in Washington. Jim, you guys have done this in a really interesting way, and what you've built 
Um, I, I'm trying to find a comparable. It it's it feels more, it feels closer to Ring of Honor than I feel like. And this is somebody who's never been there. I've just watched from afar. You can you tell me about the strategy of what you tried to build with the Fi, what you wanted it to be, what you wanted it to look like, who you wanted to have involved, and how you've gotten to this point. Yeah, you know, so so I come from a, a marketing and media background. And, and, and filmmaking and, and graphic design. And so uh, obviously tone and, and visual aesthetic and, and the experience is very important to me. Um, in fact, that's one of the things that like going into this on real tough days and you're, you're stressed out about booking and everything else, like you can turn to some of those other creative aspects of it and, and I get a lot out of that. So it's very important and it's, it's allowed us to, to grow faster as a plan, like being very brand focused, I think. Um, but, but I think in terms of, uh, man, you know, I, I got, I, I'm personally inspired by a lot of, a lot of different promotions and a lot of great work that's going on out there in the independent world. Um, places like progress, places like PCW ultra down, down in Southern California. And I'll, I'll leave a bunch out of course, but you know, there, there are certain, there are certain things about other promotions that'll just like sort of ring out and go, you know, that'll kind of work for our market. And that's really at the end of the day who I'm trying to service, right? Um, I'm, I'm of course like trying to develop content and develop a content strategy that can, that can be approachable and, 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 and really gain traction outside of the Northwest. But I'm thinking about the Northwest and also metropolitan markets in particular and who I'm serving, who I'm serving there, who we're serving there. So of course you got your hardcores. You know, and these are the guys that we have that are like the streamer clubs, you know, and the bungee clubs and, and these clubs that develop like we're fucking soccer or something, right? <laughs> um, it's, it's hooliganism at its kindest. You know what I mean? It's, uh, it's crazy. So, you know, you, of course you have that fan, but we also have that like that hipster couple that comes in and, and wants to just grab a few beers and watch Joey Ryan flip someone with his dick. So, <laughs> we, you know, we have that. Uh, we've got strong style. We've got technical matches. We've got Lucha Libre. Um, it's, it's about like kind of serving uh, an audience with an experience and not just a wrestling show. Yeah. What if you're a single heterosexual male that also wants to watch Joey Ryan flip someone with his dick? What? what <laughs> I guess. There's, no. Uh, there's. I mean, that's me, uh, this right? is wrestling so fans. That's it. pretty much all of them. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Hey. No doubt, man. All right, so what do you guys have coming up outside of obviously this uh, this amazing thing with uh, with pot with impact? What uh, show wise you guys have coming up soon? So outside of tonight, eight seven central pop TV impact wrestling in the United States uh, fight network in Canada, uh, we have Defy Ten, and Defy Ten is going to be our anniversary show. It's on February second of next year. Tickets are on sale right now at defywrestling.com. Very limited seating still available, just a handful of seats. So if you want to sit your ass down, uh, you have to get tickets right now because after Impact tonight and after a few of our announcements next week, you're not going to be able to get a seat. You're going to be standing all night, which is great. Perfect sight lines, great experience. But you want the rest and comfort uh, of your tush sitting somewhere. Get tickets now because we have um, Reborn Matt Seidel coming in to make his Defy debut. Nice, Yes, yes. Phenomenal, right? I mean, the guy has killed him on the Indies, killed him on Impact, killed him in New Japan, really recreated himself. Um, I think one of the best 
And, and by the way, it was pretty good to begin with. Let's not take anything away from him. He was yeah. Pretty, yeah, he was pretty good to begin with. Hell yeah. So he's coming in and he's challenging Shane Swerve Strickland for the Defy Championship, and which is like sort of a dream match uh, for me and a lot of people. Um, Shane Swerve Strickland, of course, is, is our champion. He's uh, defended the title a number of times across the world at this point. Um, in, in various promotions and within Defy itself. Uh, he is on fire. There's not, uh, he, you know, sort of top five most booked guys probably in the world right now. In no terms doubt. Of wrestling. No he's doubt. He's everywhere. Um, and so well, we, we continue with him as our champion, and he's defending like, like a champ should. Um, we, we also have our next show. We have ACH. We have Joey Janela. We've got Brody King. Nice. And we're making a bunch more announcements next week and the, next. the week after. So. Awesome, man. Awesome. All right. If people want to find out more, where are they going? So uh, I always tell people to follow us on social, of course. So they can follow us on any social platform. Defy NW is, uh, is where you want to hit up for that. And then also DefyWrestling.com is where you can go to uh, find any of our streaming content. Uh, our full shows, any clips, whatever. We also got a pro wrestling tea store with some Defy merchandise on there too. And then shortly you'll be able to find us on the GWN, um, and that's the Global Wrestling Network. So very excited about that. And tonight on Pop TV. It's awesome. Dude, it's so cool. It's so cool. We will be getting out there, I assure you, whether or not AJ is allowed to you know, get involved. And I, I would encourage you to not because his ego doesn't need it. Um, but we'll be getting out there. We love what you guys are doing. It's incredible. It's an unbelievable show that you guys put on. Um, and I need your help getting Joey Ryan on this show, show too. So I'm going to hit you up for that as well. So that's going to be coming. Hey, Jim, seriously. Dude, congratulations, man. It's awesome. Uh, can't wait to see it tonight. And uh, we'll do this again before too long, I promise. Thanks so much, gentlemen. Take care. Now joined again by Aaron Oster from the Baltimore Sun and Rolling Stone. And this sort of, uh, it's, it's odd that this is uh, the return of Broken Matt Hardy this week because this show is very much broken jobbing out this week. There we go. How we've had Sen- to Senor Benjamin resurfaced too on Twitter. I was very excited to I, see that. I really need Senor Benjamin on this show. I really need someone who can get Senor Benjamin on this show. He is my favorite. Um, all right, Aaron, uh, let's get into a quick count for this week. Some other stories that uh, AJ and I didn't have the opportunity to chat about, but I thought were deserving of a little bit of time. And I guess let's begin with uh, the WWE had a pretty major event over the weekend, but if you wanted to see it, pff, too bad. You had to be there. Um, what did we miss at Starcade, and why was it that we never got this on the WWE Network? I don't know. I, I said on Twitter it was... Like, you know, we can criticize WWE all we want, and we, and we do all the time, but usually we can find some semblance of logic in, in what they do, even if we disagree with it. This Not having it on the network is one of the most baffling things they've done in a really long time. Like, they went out of their way to promote it. They talked about, you know, these returns that were happening. They were tweeting about it the whole time, being like, hey, guys, look what you're missing. And it doesn't look like it's going to be on the network in any way, shape, or form, which is absolutely insane and after it happened i I regret it even more that we didn't uh make the time to go down because we had you know arn anderson spine giving us spine buster dolph ziggler we had you know uh dustin Rhodes coming out as gold dust and then mid-entrance his old natural dustin the natural dustin Rhodes theme starts playing he's introduced as the natural dustin Rhodes. he puts on basically from what i've seen like on on cell phone videos and stuff like the perfect 80s style Southeast wrestling match with Dash Wilder. Um, 
just it was you had Shinsuke Nakamura and Ricky the Dragon Steamboat in right. the ring at the same time, like just an absolutely a love story, a love poem to Southeast Carolina wrestling, and we don't get to see it. And shame on you, WWE, for not putting this on the network in any way. I guess it's you know it, it leads to this interesting question of like, is this something? You know, we talked about them having, you know, Brock at an MSG house show, and MSG house shows have have sort of had that feeling of, hey, special things are going to happen here, and, you know, too bad. You're just not going to see them. That's the way that it works. That's that's MSG. Are they looking to do more of that? And I guess my question would be, why would they be looking to do more of that when they make so much about trying to get more subscriptions, more eyeballs to the network, more content for the network, why would it be a good idea to do more, you know, standalone, a house shown only type of stuff? Yeah, that's the baffling thing about it, because the, the argument, if you want to make the argument, is that, you know, by doing it this way, that you're focusing on the live gate here. You wanted to really make it a great live gate. Um, and, and to be fair, you know, by announcing it as Starcade, by saying all of these wrestlers would be there. They did actually have a pretty big boost, a pretty good gate for a show at the Greensboro Coliseum. My argument would be, I feel like, I doubt that putting it on the network would have changed that in any way. Uh, you can, you know, maybe very slightly less would have gone because they could have just watched it at home. Uh, I doubt it would be a significant difference between it. And then you have people who are, you know, maybe more likely to go the next time because apparently they are going to do a Starcade again. And and now it's like, OK, well, we got to see this. We got to see all the cool things. And, you know, because, yeah, you can see the pictures and stuff, but you don't get a full grasp of exactly what they do unless you clicked every single tweet and looked at all the videos like I did. Right. Um, and and they, they would have a chance to sell out even more, I feel like, if they put shows like this on the network and be like, hey, go to one of these. We can start billing. uh shows as as big house shows and then you know what you're going the type of thing you're going to get yeah. now you have a vague idea of what you're going to get but you don't have that full thing and you can use this as a psa and look be like guys you missed out on this we're going to give you it this time but we're not going to give this to you every single time so you need to go check out your house shows especially if we build them as special ones my other question though would be is, is there any possibility that they want to do more with house shows where they don't have to worry about the impact on storylines. Where, you know, like there's some stuff that they did here. You know, our, the, the funny part being Dustin Rhodes had actually showed up at NXT before that because of war games. Like it's not as if, you know, abandoning gold dust is something had they, they hadn't done on TV. But is it possible that they want to use some more house show situations as places where they're able to do things, storylines be damned? Like we're seeing. I, I mean, the argument against that, though, is, you know, we're seeing like what this probably would have replaced on the WWE network schedule is the Kevin Owens 24 365. Like it's not like they're keeping yeah, right, but I, perfectly I, I, I understand on the network. That, but that show and isn't you, that's not a professional wrestling show. That's not watching these guys. You know what you're getting. They they advertise it that way. And I guess this would be a wrestling show. One of the things that we've seen recently, right, is like how they need Triple H to be a face sometimes and need right. him to be a heel other times depending on what they're using. It, is this one of those types of situations? Hey, while he's I guess on here's TV, the question is, you know, and without seeing the full show, it's it's hard to say exactly. But obviously, uh, Goldust being the natural Dustin Rhodes is a was something that would go against storyline. Um, first of all, it doesn't have to be. You could have used that to completely because it's not like they're doing anything with Goldust anyways. Correct. Um, 
But besides that, did they do really anything that would have gone against kayfabe? The answer is I don't know. From what I've read, I don't think so overly. Um, you know, do you have necessarily as much freedom if you do it this way? No, you don't have necessarily as much freedom. But at the same time, as much, you know, they do experiment on house shows. But it's not necessarily something that couldn't be on the WWE Network. I, 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 and I agree with you that it, it's not that it couldn't be on the WWE Network. I just, I, I do wonder if there's a part of them that says we want to do a certain amount of events where we're eff it, where we can just have people do things they well, wouldn't do otherwise. But that's every other house show that's not named Starcade. Like oh. we're not, say, at least I'm not saying put every single house show on the network. Right. Yeah. I'm saying that if you're billing it as Starcade, if you are having all of these really cool things happen, let the fandom see it. Uh, I mean, I don't disagree with you. Obviously, I wanted it. You know what I mean? I would have wanted to see it. I just, I don't know. I'm trying to figure out if there's a reason beyond just, I, it doesn't make sense if the singular reason is because we want to create cool house shows. That seems to be the opposite of what you are suggesting publicly is most important when you do conference calls with your shareholders. With your shareholders, you seem to suggest that it's the network that's most important, not necessarily the live gate of your house shows. So why then is it important for you to do an event like this? And I, I'm going to continue to struggle with that. And I might, I might just continue to struggle with that forever and just have to accept it and say... Yeah, like, like I said, this is one of the more baffling things because I can't figure out the reason. Normally, I can at least kind of figure out another side of things. Right. In this case, I, I'm struggling to find another side to it other than sheer laziness. All right. Let me touch on a couple other things before we get out of here. One, um, this is a story that you came across to me, and I, it, it is, this is at a, such a bigger level. The scope of this is far bigger than the individual I know. I, story. I, wish, I wish we had AJ on, because we could do an entire segment on this one. Right. Uh, give me the background on this. It's, 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 again, individually it's fascinating, but it's far more fascinating because of the big picture issue stuff that right. surrounds it. All right, so David Starr, an up-and-coming uh, indie wrestler, we, we saw him in Orlando wrestle at um, uh, What Culture Wrestling. Uh, we saw him there. Uh, but he, he's, he's an up-and-coming guy. He's been on Evolve. He's been on a, a number of places. He, uh, he took to Twitter, and he was complaining about this indie wrestler, Matthias Glass, who is his, his gimmick is basically a heel Hasidic Jew. He does kind of he does stuff. He he holds bagels while doing interviews. He's uh, I'm I'm looking at this article. He's done segments where he ran away from an opponent carrying ham. Now, Aaron, posts on social I, I media know, that he's so Jewish right. he once well, ate hang, a penny. Hang on a second, really quickly. I know you recently became Jewish, but yes. some of these things are uh, that's what stereo there's, there's stereotypes about stereotypes Jewish yes. people. I know that you're not familiar with them. Because you just recently became a Jew. Exactly. Um, exactly. But for a long time, a lot of these things are things that have been stereotypical about Jews. I just wanted to clarify that for you because okay, I know you're. I know you're still learning about about how to be a Jew. <laughs> also, uh, by the way, uh, there's a big uh, there's a holiday coming up that's that's big for uh, the people that you've now decided to be a part of. Um, Ch Chanaka, something like that. So close, and we'll just go ahead and roll with it because I don't want to try to correct you. Um, but yeah, that one is that's a big one. Um, you might want to start looking into what that's all about and and what it is that people do. I'm, again. I don't, do, do I I'm, need to do a report on jobbing out? No, I'm, look, I'm this is I'm just trying to offer you some personal advice. That's oh, all. I got you. Aaron. That's all I'm doing you. here. This is not. I just want to help you out as a friend. Okay, I, I'm I'm glad. I, I appreciate it there. 
Anyway, so David Starr, who has run across this guy, you know, they've wrestled on the same show a couple times or something. Uh, he, he took to Twitter and uh, he he blasted him for basically using a stereotype. And this, this was uh, part of it. He said, imagine me painting my face black and acting as a black character that was completely stereotypically driven. How would you react? How would the public react? I've messaged him about this before, and I know he's been told by many Jewish people within wrestling to change his gimmick due to the bigoted nature of it. He continued, prior to finding out that he wasn't Jewish, I thought the shtick was entertaining. I don't necessarily like stereotype-driven gimmicks in general, but this was clearly a self-deprecating, at least I thought it was self-deprecating, comedic style. Well, and this is the weird part, because he's essentially saying he'd be okay with the bit as long as it was a Jew that was playing the role. Because it's not a Jew playing the role, he has a problem with the bit. Of course, we know in acting, it's regularly... Uh, like most gay characters aren't played by gay right. people, you know what I but mean? But I, I like, think he's more comparing this to, okay, you have crime time. Yeah, that was a stereotypical gimmick. You had two black guys gim- do it. People had problems with it. Some didn't. Imagine that if it was two white guys in blackface going out and being crime right, time. I, How much worse and, would and, that be? And, and I understand that, and I think that's a very unique thing. But again, if if a wrestler who isn't gay portrays a gay character, is that a problem? Well, if he's portraying him as a gay, stereotypically heel, in his case, he would say yes. It right, is a he's problem. saying it's a problem, but it wouldn't be a problem if, you know, if a gay if a gay person did it, played up all the stereotypes. Yeah. Right, and, and look, that, that's, that, that's that's his argument here. It's an, it's an interesting. It's a it's a fine line, right? Like I would wonder. Um, Eric Stone Street from Modern Family is a pretty stere- His character is pretty stereotypically gay, correct? Like. Um, that's Cam on Modern Family. I'm sure you are. are you familiar? I, I'm familiar. I don't watch Modern oh, Family okay. much. Right. I've what seen a few episodes a, here and there. Weirdo. It's like the show. That, it's like the show that everybody watches. Like you're the one person on the planet that doesn't watch Modern Family. Um, but he's a fairly stereotypical gay guy, and he's played by a very masculine, heterosexual man. Um, but is are is he stereotypically in a way that's supposed to make you hate the character? No, no, that's fair. Well, and, and yeah. that's and that's the difference here. Okay, so so part of the problem is just that it he's doing it as uh, as a heel. I think that's. But this a big also part speaks to like like Jinder Mahal and the fact that for a long time the only thing that was a heel about him was the fact that his skin was a well, and when we talked about it, how right. it it's felt a little bit yeah. weird. <laughs> it's problematic. You have to make him a heel for because he's a heel, not because he has a different color skin. Ah. Uh, it's it's really fascinating. I mean, it's really fascinating because I don't know. Like, I, I I guess here's here's the question: Is there a role for the stereotypical heel because of some minority, whatever type of minority they're portraying? And I guess that's the part is, that is I there, don't. Is I don't, there room for that in wrestling? Right. Anymore? I don't know enough about this character to know if he's also doing things that are heelish as a wrestler. You know what I mean? Like, I've never seen any of his matches, so I couldn't possibly say that. Um... We talked earlier this year to the uh, what was that the liberal the liberal what was that guy's name the 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 progressive liberal the progressive liberal right who's simply a heel because he's a liberal that's 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 the extent you know the idea is not that he's a heel because yeah. he's a liberal and he grabs people by the tights he's a, a heel just because he's a liberal, liberal. No, I agree a, I'm not yeah. Yeah, I'm not trying to uh, and trust me I'm not attempting to suggest that it's a direct parallel. Right. Um, but I don't. What I'm saying is, I don't know if this, you know, Jewish wrestler and and give me his name one more time. I apologize. Uh, Matthias Glass. Matthias Glass. I have no idea if Matthias Glass also grabs people by the tights too. You know what I mean? That's that's what I'm trying to say. Is that is there something right. about him in addition to the fact that his character is Jewish that makes him a heel? I, I don't know because I've never seen him perform before. 
But I think it speaks to a lot of bigger, uh, of really bigger issues. You know what I mean? Like, it, it is it just something that we're supposed to be able to feel? Is it just you should be able to feel, hey, this is wrong. You got to know it's okay to have a Jewish character, but a Jewish character that's a heel just because he's Jewish being portrayed by somebody who isn't Jewish. Like, I, I, I don't know where the line is, and I'm not... Like, Paul Paul Heyman calls himself, you know, the, the, the Jew with the loud mouth all the time, and no one really has a problem with that. But when you go into the, the you know, all the stereotypical issues is where, you know, the question right. is, can... It, Boy, it's, is I, there I wish we had it? someone on the show that was Jewish that could really chime in about this. I know, again, mm. you're a recent Jew, so I just don't. I'm, feel I'm trying like... to. I'm trying to to take this from the bigger level, which is simply that I think that as wrestling as you know, we were we. I don't not clearly not everybody. We're very uncomfortable with the the stereotypical of Jinder Mahal, and I do think that. You know, wherever it is, whatever you can say about the past, and that's a lot of people are like, well, well, look at what happened in the 70s and 80s. These were right. half of the heels these days. Yeah, that was the 70s and 80s. Like, we need to adapt with the times and maybe say there are ways to get heel heat without portraying stereotypes about a race, a religion, a sexual orientation, some sort of minority. Um, I, yeah, I, you know, I, I, I don't know that I dis, I, I don't know that I disagree with that. I. Again, I think there's more gray area here than than I, I don't think it's as black and white as just saying that. I think there is some room for gray area on this topic again, because well, he what do you? I guess let, let's take a step back about the specific issue. What did you think of him uh, comparing it to religious blackface? Right. I I, I don't. I think that the black because because we would, we would absolutely say if this was a white guy being a black guy with black face, even if he was a heel, even if this was wrestling, it's wrong. Right. Correct. But but it's there's something goofy there too. Is that we've accepted like for example, um, I was Lil Wayne for Halloween a few years ago, but I knew better than to put blackface on. Right. You know what I mean? Like right. I was I was still Lil Wayne. I I had the tattoos. I did the whole bit. You know what I mean? I just was I was just a white guy as Lil Wayne. You know what I mean? Like that's what I was doing. Um. Somebody would still tell me that 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 was appropriating or something along those lines, right. right? There'd be somebody on the planet that would suggest that, for the most part, everybody who saw it said, "Dude, that was a ten, awesome way to go." By the way, this was like a decade ago, however, you know, I right, don't, course, whatever yes. it was. Um, if it was when a Wayne was relevant. If it was a white guy, bizarrely playing a stereotypical black guy without blackface, you know what I mean? Like that. The, well, the, that's. I mean, that's. Yeah, that's been done before. Yes. Now this guy did do the full. You know we're going to add the physical features. He, he like, I'm, I'm looking at the picture right now and he's got the big kind of the Jew fro. He's got the, you know, the, the sideburns, he's got everything going on. So he's very, you know, using physical appropriations as well as, uh, yeah, I, man, the, I, the right, I hear you. I really, I, yeah, I, no. And I know, and, and that's right, the thing. Like, look, I think it is, I, I think there's an interesting line. I, I, do, I do. And I, agree and, I and I think it's easy for us to sit back and say, this one is probably way over the top. It's probably way over the top. It there's probably something there that could work, and and you've gone past that. You know what I mean? Like I think it's easy to sit back and say that, but I also know this is professional wrestling, and I also know that there are things that you do in professional wrestling, and the same way that you do things on TV or in movies, that are not supposed to be grounded in reality. It's not supposed to be that simple. How do you handle that? I think that's got to be a case by case thing, and I would have to see this person's character and know a little bit more about it to figure out if there was a way that it could work. I, I, even if we all accept, hey, this is probably a little bit too much, 
okay, well, how could we make it so that it wasn't too much? How could it work at the at the appropriate level? And I don't know that there's an easy answer to any of those things, right? Like, I I think there's a weird there's a weird vibe sort of to Velveteen Dream's character, right? Like where they're kind of dancing around the idea that maybe right. he's gay. They're doing the androgynous bit, right? Like which, which but they haven't gone as far as Gold Dust yet, and it, I, you know. Goldust, looking back on it, as as much as we talk about what a groundbreaking character it was, the original Goldust character was extremely problematic, and they're not going to go down that road anymore because you know they they literally had Goldust molesting guys. Right, they had you right. know they they went to a point where he was kissing down Undertaker's chest that most TV companies refused to air. Right. Um. um so yeah, so they're they're not quite going down that road anymore, and I think they're going to be very careful not to because of this reason. No, because you. if you start going down the, you should boo him because he's gay, which is what Goldust was for a right, long time, right. you get into issues. All right, let's. I, I don't think we're going to come up with it. I don't think we're going to solve. I don't think we're solving this, you no. and I. And I don't think it's going to work that way. Again, I think it's easy to say in this situation. Probably it's something that next time WWE tries an offensive stereotype character, we'll probably bring it up again. Um, oh, I think this is going to. I think that at every level of professional wrestling, this is going to be something that is going to be dealt with because what, there are people that thought that the New Day was racist. You know what I mean? Like we talked about that on this show. That yes. Um. I, I don't think it's a simple, easy answer thing. I think that there is a fine line between... By the way, some people have problems with the way that movie characters are portrayed. Um, there's yeah. there's There's a film out right now about... Or it's coming out soon that Army Hammer's involved with where, like, he... He dates, um, you know, it's it, it's a it's a gay relationship, and he's dating a seventeen year old boy, and this is a movie, and yet there are people that have problems with that, right? Because it 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 portrays something inappropriate in a romantic type of way, um, right? And there's this, you know, the the gay pedophile stereotype. Correct. Out there. You know what I mean? Like that exists. So. I, and I don't know what the answers are to any of it because it's it's easy for me to say, yeah, that sounds like it's probably not good, but at the same time, it is also a movie. <laughs> you know, like it's right. It, it, I I don't. I mean, wrestling is just such a unique venue because you know, in a movie, you're not necessarily trying to make it so every member of the audience directly uh, responds one way or another to every character. Right. While in wrestling, right. you know, it, if you're there, you are trying right. to make every member of the audience feel a certain way about you. No, I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. All right, let's uh, let's hit one more before we get out of here. Uh, the other story that I found to be interesting, so there's also a report from Pro Wrestling Sheet that the WWE is talking to Facebook about a new professional wrestling show that would air only on Facebook Live. Um, the show, as reported by Pro Wrestling Sheet, would be a Tuesday night show. Um, it would be after SmackDown, so presumably 205 Live would move to before SmackDown, would air in the 7 o'clock hour on Tuesday nights. Well, would it would it air then, or would it just be filmed then? Because um, I'm seeing, because it looks like here, it, that means 205 Live would no longer be filmed live. So they would keep 205 Live in the spot. It would just be taped before. Uh, okay. Um, I, I mean, that's interesting. That's interesting. Um, I don't, I don't, I guess they could move it to Wednesday night and sort of package it after. You could do NXT and 205 Live back to back on Wednesday nights. That would be possible. Um, it, it's, it's interesting to me for a couple of reasons. One, the, the idea, the concept behind this Facebook Live show would be that it's Raw versus SmackDown, which, like, 
Oh God! <laughs> I I thought that only happened once a year. I thought there was only one time, Aaron, where Raw went head to head with SmackDown. I thought that that was the thing that they did. Yeah, it was one time. Re- a year. Re- remember, remember when we were like, oh, we the the nice thing is that for the most part they they've kept these two aw- brands away from each other. Yeah, that uh, that was something that we talked about a lot. So that would be the concept for this show: is Raw mm. versus SmackDown. Um, again, it would air only on Facebook Live, which is somewhat detrimental, again, to the WWE Network, where you're trying to get more people to subscribe to the WWE Network. And here, here's a new wrestling show, but no, it's not on the network either. Um, so that's interesting. And then sort of beyond all of that is the just the overkill you know, sort of issue that surrounds WWE programming that now imagine a scenario where... Um, it's, it's you can't a, have storylines because it's Raw versus SmackDown. It's just a series of exhibition matches. Well, that part I don't really care as much about. I think that's actually one of the ways you can make another show work. Is it is it is is actually something different? Like you're just watching it for the wrestling, which, as I said before, was kind of supposed to be. I thought the concept of Two Hundred Five Live, which is you're just watching this because you're a wrestling fan and you want to watch wrestling. Right. Um. I, it in order to have a show that's different. In order to do something that's different than just making it WWE main event or WWE right. or Sunday Night Heat or whatever you want it to want to call it, is to say we are taking these things out of storyline. These are just exhibition matches that you wouldn't get to see in any other place. That's not my, the overkill problem that I think you have. Is imagine a week like Survivor Series week where you have NXT Saturday night, pay per view and kickoff show Sunday night, Raw Monday night. This thing and the other thing Tuesday night, and now if you're moving 205 Live, two more hours of wrestling on Wednesday night. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, it would it's, be an absolute... It, it's something that I can tell you, especially if it was just exhibition matches, I would not watch regularly. I'm not um, going to say I'll never watch it, but... Yeah, I don't, yeah I don't know that I would say I would never watch it. Yeah, I mean, especially, you know, it's something that I would probably... If someone's like, man, this match was awesome, uh, then yeah, I would go back and watch it later, but I can probably... You know, especially, you know, during basketball season, probably finding something better to watch on Tuesday or Wednesday than that. Um, I I think the bigger problem is, you know, how it hurts something like Survivor Series, how it hurts, you know, the the, the MLB All-Star game was always cool in the past because it was the only time we could see AL versus NL. Right. Then you had the interleague play and the interleague play directly affected the fact that, okay, we've already seen some of this stuff before. I don't necessarily disagree with you, but at the same time, I, 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 I do think you're capable of making it work, right? Like, I think you have to get rid of the moniker of it's the only time you can do it. As we talked about with Survivor Series, if Survivor Series is going to be a place where you're going to see performers, the idea clearly for Survivor Series there this year was that it was going to be Kurt Angle's return, right? Had it not been for Roman Reigns coming down with Dip Theory or whatever the hell it was, um, you're going to get Kurt Angle's return to a ring at Survivor Series a year after you got Goldberg returning to a ring. Like they clearly are going to try to do more and more things right, to make Survivor right. Series big. Yes. Now, as I've said before, I still want them to add a stipulation storyline reasons, right, yes, yeah, to make we, it yes. matter. But it's also very clear they want to do things year in and year out to make Survivor Series stand out. You would have to get rid of the silly moniker about it's the only time of year that Raw faces SmackDown. But truth be told, that's always been kind of a goofy moniker. We know there's a Royal Rumble. It exists. Right. You've got Raw guys and SmackDown guys in that thing. There's an Andre the Giant got Battle payback. Royale. We got you know Payback that had two or three well, matches that, this year again, that was, that was for unique reasons that that occurred. That was a little bit different. But I mean, it wouldn't shock me if that happened sure, again I this do, year. I do agree with you that in the middle of the superstar shuffle they could continue doing something along those lines every year um now that we know that money in the bank is going to be a a a a bi-branded thing is there a possibility that say the women's money in the bank match will involve 
you know, both brands because does it really make sense to have two separate women's money in the bank matches? Is that is that just personally too- I would I would do that where both it's it's only one men's and one women's. You can make the argument for both. Me personally, I'd rather have just the yeah. One. I don't know. I. I- I I, just, I I think you if I think you're you going many... to start to really expand it. You start to lose the luster of the specialness of it. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 that's why I would do it for the women. I think for the men, you have so many male performers that 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 you could. It, it would almost be a disservice to only do one, right? Like you'd have to put twelve guys in it. There are so many people that you think would make sense in a Money in the Bank match. That'd be wrong. But anyway, that's a different story for a different day. Right. Um, th- there's plenty of that during the course of the year. So this, the moniker was always kind of silly, right? Now, could they continue to do Survivor Series the way they've done it, where it's champions versus champions, and then your traditional Survivor Series matches, and that's why it's different? Yeah, that's different. You're not going to get that on this WWE Facebook Live show. They're not. I gonna mean, do... the other the other question is just who's going to be on this show? Because you got to you got to think that it won't. You know, it's probably going to be the guys who ended up on well, main event it's or be, superstars it's be or whatever. But, but it are we really me. going to care if it's uh, just like if it feels this week? If it was Mike Kanellis versus Curtis Axel. Oh, of course you're not going to care about that. But I think the idea would be that they're going to try to put at least one star on every week. I mean, I think that would be what they would attempt to do in order to make it a draw. That they they would look to say, hey, this week there's going to be a, a Seth Rollins versus Bobby Roode match. Something like that. And where- that does that mean, I mean... You can write around it, but would that mean no Seth Rollins? Well, I guess if it's before SmackDowns, then yeah, you could do that. What do you mean? I was going to say, because, you know, normally if someone wrestles on main event right now, you don't see them on the show. Or you don't see them wrestle on the show. Well, yeah, but this is this is going on after the show on but Tuesday they, they, night? This would be filmed uh, right before SmackDown. I thought they, the way that I read it was that they would move, they would film 205 Live before SmackDown and do this live after SmackDown. Okay, well, fine. But either way, you're probably not going to have him on SmackDown and on this. Now, it, it doesn't hurt for the Raw people. Well, but... right. That would mean that one one performer doesn't... And I think you could still see them on the show. And, and I, yeah, it's easy, but much one, easier to do that on SmackDown per- where they're holding people back correct. anyways. You're one, right. I, I was, one I was thinking performer before per Raw, Tuesday night isn't going before, to have a match. Since it's connected to SmackDown and so many people do get because of the two-hour... Uh, runtime it's much easier to do right there's i would draw that complaint there's a bunch of guys shinsuke nakamura could have been on this week's show you know what i mean right. like he didn't have a match right. on tuesday night exactly so I, I look i'm i think that you could do it i think that the other questions are far bigger you know like the the questions about is this just too much are they are they killing you with this much and why is it on facebook i think that's the most well because facebook wants it facebook is competitive well, okay being, and, and but that and that leads to the question I, and i think i think the bigger question in all of this I, oh, let me let me take that step back why is it on facebook versus tv because facebook wants it why is well, it on no, facebook versus the wwe network? network that's that's the other yes well no, that would be that's the, the big one and i do wonder if and if facebook is facebook is the one who brought this up is Facebook in, uh, looking to get into wrestling in some way? No, I, I think Facebook is looking for... Facebook wants to be TV. I mean, like TV, they, exactly. I mean, well, I think that's very but, clear. But, Facebook has oh. created unique... They have partnered with, with content providers right. to have unique Facebook-only content. Like the LeVar Ball Show. What's that? Like the LeVar oh, Ball I, Show. I didn't know that was a Facebook thing. I couldn't have told you anything. I know, I know for I example... I think it was Facebook. Wasn't it Facebook? Maybe it was. Know. I don't know. I think I, it's Facebook. I know Barstool Sports is doing like a college football show every week that is only available on Facebook Live. And it's not them doing it like, I want to do something on my page. It's a content agreement that they entered into with Facebook to create a show that Facebook could then promote. Um, it's their content. Facebook owns it. 
um, they want to they want to do TV on Facebook. I mean, that's this is a big thing for them right now. Right. So it makes sense for them to want it. Um, it it makes all the sense in the world. The question is for WWE: Is it good to create another one-hour wrestling show that you're not putting on the network as you're trying to drive subscribers to the network? Right. That's and you know. and I as a bigger picture thing, as because more articles start coming out about this, even though it's still a ways off. Um, you know, as wrestling, you know, WWE particularly keeps spreading out all of its content tend to cross multiple platforms, not just TV. What's that going to mean eventually for the uh, TV rights deal that's coming no, absolutely. up in 2019? It's, it's, no, it's, it's certainly part of the equation. And, and by the way, there have been stories recently about the WWE TV rights deal really screwing up uh, the UFC's TV rights deal. Yep, um, and, and Fox Sports 1 might be interested. Correct, which is fascinating, right? Like yes, the idea and that, that was one thing I was going to bring up, but they're so nebulous right now right. that, uh, yeah, no, I mean, there, there's a lot of really interesting things going on involving the WWE TV well, yeah, rights. The word is the WWE is actually, the, the WWE has actually met with Fox Sports yes. executives and discussed the possibility of, and now maybe Fox would ultimately say, we don't really want it on Fox Sports 1. We'd rather have it on FX or FXX or something like that. Oh, if it's on FX, I think I, I think the biggest flaw about uh, FS1, or, you know, just about Fox right now, is FS1 is so much worse than USA. I mean, as far as just distribution goes. Right. Uh, if right. it's on FX, I think that's almost a no-brainer for uh, WWE. Yeah, it would seem to fit with especially, what it is that they do. Yeah. Especially if they can uh, talk Fox into putting something every now and then on the main channel, well, which they haven't really been able to do with NBC. Well, they tried that with Saturday Night's Main Event or whatever, you know, like they... Well, they, I, I mean, that was Saturday Night's Main Event was a long time ago, but yes, they, well, they, they did also the, like, recently, one show a year, but that, but since then, they've stopped. Like, okay. they stopped putting anything on NBC. So then they never air... I thought they still once a year aired... Um, I don't think they did the, it this year, the WrestleMania thing. I thought they did that, and I also thought they still once a year on NBC aired the, um, the Tribute to the Troops. Uh, I, I think Tribute to the Troops is on I, USA no, I think this it, year. I think it airs first on USA. I thought NBC still aired it once after I, that. I'd have to look. For some reason, I believe that... It was just the, USA? It, okay. Yeah, it was It was just Mania, and I, I don't know if they even aired WrestleMania this year. But in fairness, what I'm saying is they attempted to do things. Like, the NBC did it. Right, right. They, but, but at this point, they have... Yeah, they're not really doing It seems like they have stopped. If you can say, look, after, you know... Four times a year, we're going to be on Fox. Well, yeah, that's a big, that's a big get. I agree, that's a big yep. get. All right, uh, get your plugs in uh, real quick. Uh, you're on Twitter at the Aoster. We're on Twitter at Jobbing Out Show. And our email, jobbingoutshow at gmail.com. And what do you have coming up at the Baltimore Sun Rolling Stone? Uh, not much. You're not going to be uh, seeing much for me. I got a really busy next couple days. Then I'm going on vacation for a week, so you won't even hear me on the show next week. Well, go f yourself, AJ. You get your plugs in. Uh, yeah, you know I. Uh... I have a show actually this Saturday with Fat Trail um, of Bayback Music Group um, at Club Elevate. You can hit me up on any of my social media if you want tickets. It's going to be a good time. Doors doors open at 10. I'll probably go on around um, like 11, maybe 12. Um, we're going to be drinking, having a good time afterwards. Is this a place where you got to dress grown and sexy? Grown and sexy. Yes. Yeah. I don't know if they would let me in. Yeah. I'm a little bit worried. Your 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 bell bottom flared out jeans are probably not fit the bill. And uh, that, as you know, is all I yeah, have. That's literally but, all I own. Yeah, I know. I'm aware. That wasn't a joke. That wasn't a joke. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, it's it's gonna be a good time. So uh, you can go on it on my uh, social media at AJ Francis four one zero Twitter Instagram. Um, Facebook, YouTube, it's all at AJ Francis 410. And uh, you can get info there. Um, 
we also got the the Francis Sports Academy. Um, I'm getting ready to when the off season rolls around in a, in hopefully a couple months, but more than likely a month. Uh, we are going uh, be down in Florida training people. My dad's going to be training people during basketball season. So um, you can follow us at Francis underscore Sports on Twitter. Or you can go to our website at FrancisSportsAcademy.com if you want some elite training, basketball and football uh, for your cheerings. Um, Other than that, I'm just um, cooler than a polar bear's toenails, and I'm chilling, man. Awesome, man. And again, if you have not, for whatever reason, picked up AJ's record, make sure you do that. Uh, Just search Frank, F-R-A-N, Scent Sign is how you can find it. I'm on uh, Twitter at Glenn Clark Radio. My website is glennclarkradio.com as well. And I think I'm going to be writing something for pressboxonline.com about uh, Enzo and our conversation that we had last week with uh, Sherman Wood, his uh, football coach at uh, Salisbury. I think it's a cool story. So I'm going to try to write that for Pressbox coming up here in the next couple of days. So you can check that out as well. Thanks again to our buddy Jim Perry from Defy. Congratulations again to them. Holy shit, that's amazing. Uh, support them if you are one of our listeners in the Pacific Northwest uh, that uh, found us from AJ playing for the Seahawks or from Steve Miggs. Get out and support Defy. They put on amazing shows. They do really, really great work. For uh, Aaron Oster and for the main event, 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 event. AJ, God damn it. <laughs> AJ Francis, the Washington Redskins. I'm Glenn Clark. This is Ben jobbing out. Jobbing out.